Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. And gentlemen, children of all ages above the age of 18. It's the second annual Untitled Wrestling Podcast End of Year Awards for 2021. My name's Troy, and all of us are here. Jay, Aaron, and Tasty. How are we, fellas? Yeah, not bad. I was going to say, you said kids were 18. If you let your kids they just want taken off you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 think, I think our youngest listener is 11, to be fair. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. He doesn't count. Matthew, you're <laughs> <No>. cool. <laughs> Just don't Everyone repeat good? the bad things we say. Yeah, so don't say anything we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, second annual uh, end of year awards. Uh, we have 13 categories this year. Uh, we put it out uh, as we did last year to all of our listeners and followers to decide on a shortlist that we'd put together. Uh, we'd chosen two for each category and then shortlisted it down to one. Uh, and then we put it out on Twitter and Facebook for all of you to decide on an eventual winner. So firstly, thank you very much to everyone. Uh, really, really big numbers of people that voted on these on both uh, Facebook and Twitter. So thank you to everyone that chucked in a vote. Um, it was a small time frame, it was 24 hours, but yeah, some really, really good interaction. So thanks for that. Um, if you want to let us know before we start uh, what you thought of the categories, uh, the entries for each one, if you think we got it wrong, if you think we got it right, if you think there were any glaring omissions, which some people on Twitter definitely seem to think there were, um, and we will get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, if, if there's anything you want to uh, pull us up on, uh, give us a shout on social media, on uh, Facebook, uh, at Untitled Wrestling Podcast on Twitter uh, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. So, without further ado, let's crack on. Uh, we will start with the award for Most Improved. Um, the nominations were Tay Conte, A-Kid, Bron Breaker, and Miro. So, do we want to go through each of our choices, give a, a quick rundown of why we selected them for, uh, for Most Improved? Who chose? Who chose Tay Conti? Uh, that would be me. Uh, obviously, resident AEW Mark here. Um, <laughs> no, I just think so. Tay Conti's obviously gotten like a hell of a lot better. She was never. She she came in with like with like quite a, a decent floor and a very high ceiling when she came to AEW, and she's she's just been getting better and better every week. Um, this year in particular, she had some excellent matches. She had a, a sort of a saga with Nyla Rose when she finally beat her, which was for a long time my favorite women's match of the year. Uh, in AW, it was it was excellent. They told a really good story, and she's like you say she's just got more confident. She's worked on a character a lot. She's got better in the ring. She's gotten you know more you know more more competent with in terms of actual wrestling, and it all sort of came together. I think at full gear, like when she came out and stood on the entrance ramp with that Brazilian flag band and the makeup on and the gear, that she looked awesome. like she she looked like she'd properly arrived as a, as a wrestler. Like she looked like it was her moment, and yeah, that was that was for me. That was like right, that's it. She's she's made it. She's there now. Agree. Good shout. Uh, Jay, I believe you chose A-Kid. I did. Um, 
So you've just got to kind of look at the last kind of 12, maybe 14 months Akers had. Like he went from being a guy who was considered an underdog in the tournaments for the Heritage Cup to winning the whole thing. And then I don't think he's had a bad match this year. Like every single match he's had has been, it's not even been like it's been just good either. It's been like amazing. Like the one that comes to mind, the Ironman match he had with Jordan Devlin. That was incredible. He had a really good match with Walter like in January. Mm -hmm. That was ridiculous as well. Um, And even like last week he had that match with Nathan Fraser. Yeah, yeah. Um, on NXT UK, which again, banging, and you can just see like he's on. I think he's only like 22, 23. You can just yeah, see like how much he's developing and how quickly. And I think if, as sad as it makes me to say, if he gets out of NXT UK and kind of goes onto a bigger stage, I feel like he'll be in the argument for like best of the year in like about five, five, six years time. Yeah, agreed. Because he's just cool. so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron. Bron Breaker. Now, now I don't have his name, but you can improve between like in a little than twelve months. You, you it is possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. we all agree on that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you can show up, be as green as good shit as another guy said on Twitter to me when he agreed <laughs> with me. Hang on, someone agreed with you on Twitter. Someone agreed with me on Twitter. That's, that's, that's the, a first. The exactly. boss mate, no, I don't right. believe you. Oh, uh, was it one of your Russian bots again? No, 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 no. <laughs> what was that? His name's at Sergey. You sure? <laughs> Sergey one two three five seven nine two. Sergey babes one nine nine five. Yeah, basically, he, first time we seen him, he was some shitty little security guard, and Adam called Kyle O'Reilly, just pondering about with all the lads. Uh, we saw him in his first match. I can't remember who it was against, but his first like two, this. three... There you go. LA Knight. That was it in the opening match. Uh, it was all right. It wasn't the best. It looked a bit rough. And then we got the ladder match versus Johnny Gargano. The two matches... The match he's had with Tommaso Ciampa. Mm-hmm. They were both absolute bangers. His War Games performance. His War Games performance was ridiculous. That mm-hmm. ending to the match will yeah. always... Be ridiculous. Could stand out, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's all I've got to pretty much say. Like, yeah. yes, yes, he's not been there a whole year, but as you say, been... like people can improve in, yeah, like if they get it, it clicks sort of thing. You could use people like Kurt Angle as an example, like how quickly he picked up. And yes, he came from a an amateur wrestling background, Olympic wrestling background, but that's very different to coming into like sports entertainment sort of thing. And he seems to have picked it real quickly. So, good yeah. shout, good shout. Uh, and finally, my choice was uh, Miro. Um, as you know, I don't watch an awful lot of AEW, but Miro is always someone that I've got a kind of vested interest in. I liked everything he did in, in WWE and uh, uh, Rusev. And I know initially it was very stop-start and they were kind of unsure what to do with his character. And, and it was just kind of, he plays video games and this his, is his character. It was a bit weird. And then, you know, everything with, with Kip Sabian and stuff. And then, there wasn't really anything. And it was almost like this kind of like rejuvenation, this reinventing of his character. And it was just a fucking monster. And kind of what he did early on in WWE before the kind of like the Rusev Day stuff. And it's just out there being an absolute kind of killer and everything from his in-ring stuff to his his promos as well. Um, it's just been really, really fascinating to watch, certainly over the last year. Everything he did with the TNT Championship as well uh, was really, really fun to watch. So that was why he was my pick. Anyhow, the results. 
So I can announce that in fourth place is Akid. In third place was Miro. Second, Bron Breaker. And in first, Tay Conti. There you go. The, uh, the percentages for us, Jay. Yeah, so um, this was, well, it was a bit closer on Twitter, but still pretty much a landslide for Ty Conti. Um, so on Twitter, Ty got 57%, Aker got four, uh, Braun Breaker got 19, and Miro got 20. And then on Facebook, um, Ty got 77% of the vote. Aker got nothing, uh, Braun Breaker got 23, and Miro got nothing either. So Facebook that was what love Ty. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when, when you go into averages, Brom Breaker edged it over Miro to get into okay. second place. At least we can now say that some people watch NXT 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I think Brom Breaker in second is fair, though. Like, um, yeah, Miro, yeah. first of all, Miro had my favorite title run of 2021. Absolutely. If that was a category, mm. I'd be voting for Miro on that un- unquestionably. But Brom Breaker has Aaron's for next. Yeah. I was just about to say that could be a good from, one next year. From six months to go from like literally an extra to like main eventing a takeover. Yes. Yeah. Either WWE are really fucking thin on the ground for talent, or he's really put the work in and got a lot of better and they see a lot in him. Or a bit of both. I, th- I think it's a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even his last match, like last week against Roderick Strong, was pretty good. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. It's- He's now for, for, for better or for worse, he's now carrying that entire brand. Yeah. Like yeah. and to be put in that position so early in your career means mm. they must see an awful lot in you. Yeah. Right. In a week's time you'll be NXT champion. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Who wants to take uh the next one? Right, okay. Yeah. Um I'll, I'll go next. We'll go so next was breakout star. Um, so obviously this is like the the word for whoever we thought had like it's at the end of the year in a better position than they start. It's, it's, it's not quite most improved in that it's like, it's more a case of who's captured like the sort of the public sort of imagination, I suppose, more than like who's gotten physically better in the ring. So um, our nominations were A-Kid again, Dan Housen, Daniel Garcia, and in brackets, and his dads, and <laughs> Eddie Kingston. So uh, start with you, Troy. I think you had A-Kid for this one, didn't you? I, I did, yeah. Um, much of what Jay just said, um, which is why he was your pick for most improved. Um, before the Heritage Cup, like people had kind of seen him and he'd had, he'd had a few matches, but never really got to showcase kind of what he was about um, and the kind of versatility that he brings in the ring. And then the Heritage Cup really, really displayed that. And the Heritage Cup lin- lends a lot to him being able to kind of portray that in that each round of it, someone brings a different flavour, a different kind of way that they're, going to try and overcome their opponent um and yeah i think the heritage cup really gave him that platform to show like how good he has how versatile he is what he can do um and not even just the heritage cup as you as you said earlier jay um matches against people like um the iron man match against devlin the match against walter uh and numerous others um but yeah i just think he's been awesome on a brand like nxc uk as well where they seem to be really good at kind of I don't want to say making kind of new stars, but it feels like a very kind of level playing field. There's not this kind of clear cut. These are the two people that are kind of out there in front. Like they do a really good job of building everyone up to a similar level. So everyone feels credible. Um, so to stand out in a brand, a division where everyone is kind of level pegging uh, is really impressive. So yeah, that's why it was my pick. Okay. Next up was Dan Housen, which I believe was you, Aaron. 
Yeah, um, look at his tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if, there was a, if there was a wrestler who won the Internet Award, then it would unquestionably It would have to be, yeah. yeah. Uh, look at his Twitter. He does, before Ring of Honor died, he did have a good amount of matches in there before he got injured as well. Um, yeah, look at his Twitter. If AEW doesn't sign him, there's something wrong because <laughs> he's in their back pocket and he's not even signed with them. Or maybe he is. We don't know. And he's just, he's, that they've he's gotten done, inspired by something. Yeah, he's done more to get Billy Gunn and the Gun Club over than they ever have. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Show some respect to Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. The living Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, 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 he's, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's all you need to say. Really. Yep. He, he, won, he, won, he won the internet like consistently for the entire twelve-month period of. We actually have a channel in our Discord solely to him. Yeah, totally. because of this. We, yes, channel housing. Channel housing. <laughs> very nice, very evil. Uh, right next up, then we had um, Daniel Garcia and his dad, somebody who was UJ. Um, his yeah. dad, of course, referring to two point oh, our favorite, our favorite new tag team. Of course. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, when Daniel Garcia debuted for AW this year, I didn't have a clue who he was. I all I knew was Aaron said he was really good, which meant for me that okay, he's he's been on the Indies. He's probably made a bit of a name for himself. Um. And what he came because he came in with 2.0, I didn't think anything. I thought he was there just to make up numbers because it was in a six-man tag. How wrong I was. Um <laughs> genuinely one of the best technical wrestlers around at the moment. He's so good. Been having dream matches with people like Minoru Suzuki, Jonathan Gresham, uh Davy Richards. Uh, he had a, went an hour with Wheelie Utah. Um yeah, so apparently in one week he wrestled Minoru Suzuki, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Alex Shelley, and someone else. And it's like, fuck me. What a Damn. resume. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Some people don't yeah. even get to tick them off in a career. <laughs> yeah. He had that match with CM Punk as well, where it was, for me, it was probably Punk's best non- non-pay-per-view match he's had in AEW. Yeah. Um, and then you look at 2.0 as well, because obviously I did put them in there with Daniel Garcia. Um, the fact that they went from being guys who were literally they were do, doing stuff on uh, the NXT Twitter endlessly entertaining but not really given a chance to have a spotlight to being featured heavily in AWBTE um, they wrestled Sting they wrestled Sting this year yeah that that <laughs> says it all really like they wrestled Sting they wrestled John Moxley Eddie Kingston um, and again they're just so entertaining aren't they yeah like Big yeah. Magic Matt Lee is genuinely one of my favourite wrestlers on telly at the moment just because he's so funny they're just the perfect like foils, aren't they? For for anyone, like because yeah. you yeah. just want to see them get the dicks kicked in, and it's, it's great, and, and it's really that. funny when they do. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, and finally was my pick, which is Eddie Kingston. Now it feels a bit weird making a an, a breakout star pick of someone who's forty years old and has been wrestling since two thousand and two. <laughs> but hear me out. <laughs> this was the year that Eddie Kingston arrived as a professional wrestler. This was the this feels like the culmination of a, a lifelong journey. Um. It feels like he's finally gotten to a place he deserves because of his talent, because of his passion, because of his just sheer love for the business. Um, and for me, this was sort of solidified at um, Double or Nothing when him and John Moxie came out and it was Eddie Kingston in an AEW ring in front of a full crowd for the first time. You just, you just got the feeling like we were all watching it in Jay's and we're like, this this feels special. This is, mm. this is something here. Yeah. And it's continued throughout the year. Like the, the pops he gets when he just comes out and he doesn't even do anything. He just appears and like the pops and like him and Brian Danielson got a standing ovation during a match. It's incredible. Like literally in the middle of a match. He his he is 
for someone who, who, who did retire, he sold his gear to pay his mortgage after the start of the pandemic before he got signed by AW. For a man who was out the door like three quarters of the way to all of a sudden just turn it around and now he's one of the most respected, beloved and appreciated members of a stacked AW roster. Don't forget as well, to a, a guy that, as you say, sold all of his stuff, but also to a guy that WWE wanted to hire as a referee. Yeah. Well, they, they got him in the performance center and he cut a promo saying about like about how he like he got shot at on the street and like he just saw like the WWE writers look at him like he just, just like said something un- unmentionable and he goes he, he goes looking ah this happened for me then and he goes like, <laughs> from that minute that he wasn't going to get signed um, and yeah it's just it's unbelievable it's, it's a true um, rags to riches story like it's a real life Hollywood story with a with a fairy tale ending for for someone who really desperately deserves and he, the man can cut a promo on fucking anything like this we had bits yeah. on BTA from cutting promos on cookies and like sour patch kids <laughs> um, yeah I, and, and all and his match against CM Punk was one of my favourite matches of the year not saying the best match of the year but like they managed to build a match a must see match in two weeks with like two promo segments yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was just incredible. Um, so yeah, I know it, it's not the, your traditional breakout star, but I think Eddie Kingston's had a career year. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so then we'll go to the results. So in fourth place, uh, it was Akid. Which I, I think is a bit harsh because like, oh. I, think, I think that's a bit harsh because, like as you said, Troy, he managed like the Heritage Cup shouldn't work as a format like for wrestling Ooh. fans. It should be too cumbersome and too clunky. But Akid made got it over by himself yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Um, Danhausen at three. Obviously, people on here don't spend enough time on the internet. Sorry, Danhausen. Wrestling <laughs> fans your don't spend enough time on the internet. Next, on. Year, wow. next, year, next year, when it's all elite, he'll smash his he'll, he'll, he'll win that with his eyes closed if he wins. <laughs> Uh, in second place, Daniel Garcia and his dads again. Um, I think I think for a lot of people it was the indie stuff, and maybe people didn't weren't aware of how good his indie run has been. Like like you say, people were calling his match really used to like a legitimate match of the year contender. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I, I think the way he's been he's been presented well on AW, but not to the level of some of the other guys. Yeah, and then weirdly, amazingly, everyone agreed with me. Eddie Kingston, <laughs> breakout star of the year. Yeah. yeah, but we all, we so, all love and uh, we all love the old beaten up bastard. Yeah, we we all love him here. So he's yeah. the man. I love Eddie Kingston. So he's yeah, a-, a kid only got across both for both platforms one percent of the votes. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> which, that's 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 uh, terrible. To be honest, to be honest, I I think I put it down more to the fact that it just kind of shows how how few people watch NXT UK. Yeah. That's all. Be. I'm saying this is I'm saying this is an AEW stand. Watch NXT UK. Yeah. It's really because good. It, I think I think there was a few where like whenever I, whenever there's been NXT UK uh, people in it in here and there's a few more like later on there is a bit of a pattern where it's like oh mm. yeah well that makes sense and people are just thinking like oh Alex Kidd about the Mega Drive game like, I've, that was that was years ago I'm not, yeah. not playing that I'm not playing that for you fucking um, decades. <laughs> so Danhausen and Daniel Garcia on Twitter both got twenty percent. So I had to go down to the Facebook ones on this uh, where Daniel Garcia absolutely cleaned up and got 43%. He actually drew with Eddie Kingston on Facebook. They both got 43%. Wow. uh, And Danhausen got 14. Um, And then on Twitter, Eddie Kingston just ran away with it and got 59% of the vote. Boom. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. We'll take that. Yeah. Um, Right. So next up, we've got most shocking moments of the year. So the... 
nominations. Yeah, but, like, before, before we before we get into our nominations, there's two like two honorable mentions we have to include here, which came yeah. quite late in the year. Uh, one was obviously Bray Wyatt getting released. Yeah, which actually happened while I was at an indie show, and like it spread around the crowd like wildfire. <laughs> like people were just checking the phones, just murmurs in the middle of the yeah, show, yeah, yeah. which was crazy. And also, uh, and quite sadly, Ring of Honor just shutting down late on mm-hmm. in the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the ones we've got, um, the entire ending of All Out, Malachi Black's AEW debut, Jeff Hardy's release, and Big E cashing in to become WWE champion. Um, so, Aaron, you had Jeff Hardy's release. you want to quickly go through it? Yeah, I think just we, I, well, personally, I thought that he would uh, retire with WWE and just yeah. being there until the end, and then... Obviously, was it last month? This literally the start of this month, he gets mm-hmm. released for saying no to rehab or whatever. I say or whatever it was that. Yeah, but, um, it's such a weird one because it's 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 currently so he said she said, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt's no. insisting that like the drug tests are going to come back clean, and like there's nothing wrong there, and like WWE insisting that he had to go to rehab because he was off his face and something, and it's, it's just like. It, it, we, we still don't know what, what really happened. And, and there's that. The mad is, like, there's two the weeks before he was well. released, two weeks before he was released, he was on the Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull Sessions talking about how much he'd had, like, this kind of career reinvigoration and, you know, mm-hmm. saying, yeah, whilst it's difficult to stay away from stuff, like, I'm in the best place ever, I'm in the best shape and stuff like that. So that really came out of left field. Obviously, the video came out from the night before of his release as well at the live show. Yeah, from the show that he was at where they thought he was under the influence. Uh, I, no, Jeff Hardy, please state what's actually happened. <laughs> no, no, don't, or don't, just be or well. Don't. Just or be don't, well. yeah. 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 Mm. If you, if you want to, if, if you're going to have a, a, a last run with Matt as a tag team, do that, enjoy it, and then enjoy retirement. Enjoy yeah. your life. Just be, be yeah. safe, be well, have a nice life. That's, <laughs> That's all we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Big Tasty, you had the entire ending of all of Yeah, it felt like a bit of a cheat, this one, but I think that it was more a case of the... You can't, I, can't, I don't think you could really pick like either of the individual things that happened. So obviously, Kenny beats Christian in what was actually a really good main event, even though it looked a bit underwhelming on paper. Um, the end, they turned into a really decent match. And then we we all thought something was going to happen because, like you know, what we I mean, we'd already had CM Punk previously. We knew there was rumors about Brian Danielson that he he had signed, and um, and then we get the, the one-two punch of Adam Cole followed by Brian Danielson both debuting, uh, which I think we probably could have predicted that both of them would have turned up in AW, but I don't think anybody had them both showing up at the same time. No, within the yeah. space of like within five like, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it Especially was, it was, they had Adam Cole turn heel the second he came out as well. Yeah, it was just like, oh no, they're not gonna, they're not gonna throw all the logs on the fire. Like, they're gonna keep something in reserve, and like, no, Tony nah. just balls out and just went, have everything. There you go. Um, <laughs> Slap stick like, on the table. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just the, it was in the moment. It was just that, that cascading, like, oh shit, like yeah. those two big moments, one after the other, and now they're both heels. So yeah, happy yeah. days. Uh, Troy, you had Biggie cashing in to become WWE champion. I did, and it's, it's. I know it's a weird one to put in most shocking because he literally announced it on Twitter, like I'm going mm. to cash in. But you don't know whether that's kind of a bluff, a double bluff, whatever sort of thing. Um, and the fact he did was really cool because you, for me, I wouldn't expect to see that happen on an episode of Raw, like. And and everyone was behind Big E to for that singles push for him to eventually get, 
you know, the opportunity to be champion sort of thing. I expected it on a bigger stage. What made it shocking for me is whilst, yes, it was semi-announced that he'd at least cash in, it wasn't a certainty that he'd win, but it was more shocking the fact that it was kind of on Raw and the manner in which it happened. And it was just nice to see that come full circle. Like, yes, it was disappointing to see them break up the New Day, but everyone really wanted that Big E singles run. He had a really, really good run with the IC title. We had that really good, uh, I think it's a street fight or false count anywhere with Sheamus at the back mm-hmm. end of the last year with the IC title that kind of propelled him forward. Really good singles matches, went in, money in the bank winner, and then cashing in. Um, so I thought that was not necessarily a shocking moment, but just like a really, really good moment, a really good kind of culmination of of his singles run thus far. So, yeah, that was what you, was my pick. You could argue it's a shock that WWE actually pulled the trigger on him winning. Yeah. There's that, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, as yeah. soon as he won the, as soon as he won the, the, the briefcase, you just had the fear that he was going to have an unsuccessful cashing. Because mm-hmm. you looked at who I the think... champions were, and you're like, oh, do they are they really going to put him over either of them? Yeah, yeah. Being that they've yeah. both been booked so strongly as well, like Lashley was booked very strongly as champion. Yeah, I think for me, the him actually winning money in the bank was a little bit more shocking, just because. Yeah, it did seem like it come out of the left field a bit because it felt like. Every every time like he gets close to that kind of like opportunity, it always feels like it kind of gets pulled away. So when mm. he actually won it, I was a bit more. Whereas when when he announced it, I thought they're, they're probably going to do it because the mm. ratings were like because just because the ratings at the time, I was like they're, they're probably probably going to do that just to kind of pop money, a rating. Money in the bank yeah. is a, a match in a format that's designed to deliver big moments, and I think yeah. it, it undoubtedly did deliver a big moments this time yeah. around. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I remember my jaw yeah. hitting the floor. I think, was it me and you that watched it live, Jay? And just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking losing my shit when that happened. I'm, yeah. I'm changing it. It's Biggie wins money in the bank, not cashes in, yeah. but then this <laughs> as a result. Well, we can have the whole thing. Looks Biggie's whole money in the yeah, bank yeah. win. I mean, two title reign, really. You could yeah. just call it all rapid one in one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, I had Malachi Black's AEW debut. Um, main reason being, obviously, we got like all those releases, uh, the first ones that we got. Which was it the same? It was a year to the day, wasn't it? Of yeah. um, Black Wednesday that all last year, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, normally main roster guys have a 90, 90 day release clause. <laughs> um, Malachi Black didn't. Nope. He, he just shown up thirty days after getting released and kicked Cody Rhodes so hard in the head that he still thought he was fucking Stardust. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I remember as well just watching it and like. It's one of the few times this year I've absolutely just lost it um, with like being shocked because, as I say, because no one expected it. Mm. Everyone thought it was like two months away that we were going to get like this kind of debut. And they did it um, so well as well. Like it, in the show, like they had the lights go out early on for a couple yeah. of seconds. And they were blaming on. it on like weather and, and, and stuff. And, like yeah, and then Scandal was like, oh, I'm really sorry. There's some like, there's, some, there's a thunderstorm in the local area. We're having some power issues. Um, hopefully it won't happen again. And then it happened again and again, still nothing happened. And it happens the third time and then he turns up. So like, they, they bait and they tease you a little bit and they, they don't just go lights off, lights on, he's there. It's like they, they condition you to expect really nothing. And all of a sudden at the end of the night, bang, yeah. there he is. Just stood in the ring looking like fucking Satan <laughs> and just starts murdering people. And it's like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, he kicked on as well. Yeah, kicked yeah, on the face. Did. Yeah. Now he's probably one of my favourites in AEW at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, if not all of the wrestling. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was everything we got. So in fourth place, we had uh, Big E's cash-in. Um, that got 7% of the vote on Twitter and nothing on Facebook. Um, in joint second, we had Jeff Hardy's release and Malachi Black's debut. 
Um, the second what it was the same on Facebook and Twitter. So on on Twitter, Jeff Hardy got more of the percentage, but right. on Facebook, Malachi Blacks did, and then they were both like vice versa on like either platform. So right, right. Um, by doing a kind of like just like figuring out the average, they both were the same. So it was all right, fair enough. Um, and the all out end uh, ran away with it again. Sixty six percent of the vote on Twitter, fifty seven on Facebook. Um, Boom. So yeah, and I, I think to be fair, there was there was quite a lot where it would have took a lot of beating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even was, like it, even like Punk, just... Punk, he's te- telegraphed so much. Danielson, he telegraphed it a bit, but Adam Cole was the one where it was like, oh, oh all right. <laughs> Adam Cole was what put all out over the top, I think. Um, yeah, because we all we, we all knew Brian, we all expected Brian, but then they they swerved us with Punk, and then gave us Brian anyway, and it was like, oh shit, this is perfect. It was the, <laughs> like, it was the fact as well that like they kind of like did the triple hit really because they had Cole come out and everyone thought it was to to uh, confront Omega, and then he turned heel and joined up with Omega, mm-hmm. and then while they were all like, oh yeah, we're untouchable, Brian Danielson comes out, it was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Big Tasty was there watching it with me. Um, you'll attest, I was at, like that fucking kid that gets an N64 at Christmas when that happened. <laughs> I was absolutely losing my shit. <laughs> Can't confirm. <laughs> right, Aaron, do you want to take us through the next category? Yeah, next up we've got Best Feud. Yeah? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, now we will go for what was mine WWE versus do, all the. Do you want to read out the nominations first? Oh, sorry, sorry. That's all right, darling. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. Uh, Miro versus God. <laughs> WWE versus all their non main event talent. And Walter <laughs> versus Ilya Dragon. <laughs> I tried to keep it straight faced there. Uh, <laughs> I'll go first. I don't really have to say much. WWE versus all their non-main event talent. If you're not Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins or Becky Lynch or Randy Orton or any of them, well, you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) You are not safe. You are in danger. (laughs) Look at the 79 people that have been released this year and tell me different. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Even the fact that you've got like genuine merch movers like Jeff Hardy and Bray Wyatt and obviously Jeff was like down to Something completely different to everybody Braun, else. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Nia Jax. Yeah. If you're not in that upper echelon of talent, then sorry. Yeah, fucked. You're always at risk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll go Kenny Omega on Hangman Page. I mean, what, what can you say about Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page? Like, literally 18 months of build a feud for a and year and a half. Years. Technically three. It's only it's a few that last as long as the company has been around yeah. in, in in some in some capacity. Um from I mean from from even from last year, from their um the end of their tag match against the Young Bucks, when they both looked like they were gonna hit a move on each other and they didn't, and then they fell out, and then Kenny turned heel. And then it was from the start of this year all the way through, they just, it was just a perfect slow build up of Hangman all the way up to, to make him a credible challenger. Like when, like the, the most the, the most horrific gut punch wrestling has dealt me all the year was when they lost that Survivor Series match. Yeah. The 10 month out match. Um, and it felt horrible. And like, yeah, it, they, they broke that Hangman down like again and again to just constantly rebuild him. 
and rebuild him and rebuild him until he got to this point where he came back and he cut that. I, it was actually my it was my second um, choice for promo of the year was the, the cowboy shit promo, mm, mm. which was just that was him like that was him announcing that he was ready. Like he'd he'd, he'd hit like max level yeah. and he was ready to go and do the final bossing. His body was ready. Yeah, um, it was it was a one it was like a one year plus build, but it, it ran for the entirety of 2021 and it culminated in like the most perfect way with with Hangman beating Kenny in the main event of Full Gear and becoming AW champion. And it, it's it's something we very rarely see in in pro wrestling these days is a story given time to breathe and not get rushed and not get changed and just mm-hmm. and and, it, it, and then they had to work around his like actual parenthood as well. Like he took months off at his hottest points to become a parent and go home and be with his wife. And then he came back and he picked up where he left off. Still over like Rover. Yeah. He, when he, he came out, he, he, he took like two months off and then came back like in that battle royal with Joker and the roof flew off the building. And like he got, he got cheered over John Moxley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So enough said. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, cowboy shit. That's cowboy <laughs> shit. Uh, we'll go Miro versus God next. I mean, you've just got to look at his promos from the last like three weeks and like know why this is so fucking good. Hmm. Um, it all kind of started uh, about September, wasn't it, when he lost the TNT title to Sammy? Yeah. Um, and he started cutting these promos saying like, "I was God's kind of like." forsaken him and given him a weak neck and because of that he can't go home to his flexible wife <laughs> and uh, he's like got his like wedding ring on a chain around his neck and now now it's like the, the pro vignettes they've been doing the last couple of weeks it's been like a, just like a white completely white room like he's in purgatory and he's like said he's, he's coming for god um it, it's been incredible like every promo he's cut like from when he was like almost like a religious zealot when he was saying he was doing it for God to mm. saying I was God's failed him and he's given him like a neck where made out of sand. Um, it's just been for, like so different from anything I've seen in wrestling before. I was going to say, it's so crazy. Like if, if Kenny and Hangman is like the Godfather, then Miro v. God is like Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's totally different, but still completely still captivating. Just and <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think like as well, as I say, just just the fact that every time, like he's kind of come back, like he came back for the um, tournament because he took John Moxley's place, and he was just like, again, it was like, right, this is my path to redemption, and then he lost in the finals. And I think when I don't know how Miro's going to get a redemption, that's the that's the part I'm interested in. Whether they've got kind of like an end game for it or not, but I think oh, I, I, I think I think he'll challenge Hangman this year. For the I think he's going to be Hangman's next challenger after Danielson. Yeah, I think. I, I could even wager seeing him possibly re- like win it off Hangman because of the way the promos have been. Mm. But he, it's been so like such good promo work, especially considering like when he was in WWE because he was obviously a foreign guy. WWE tend to didn't trust him on the microphone. Yeah, they tend to want to sort of like water their, them down on the mic because they're not in like English isn't their first language, and he's he's gone on to prove that he's such a good talker. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that that's why for me, Miro vs. God, just because it was so different from anything I've seen. Good shout, good shout. Uh, finally, my choice was Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Um, thankfully, like I knocked it at the time when I was just like, "Why are you putting their match on a takeover?" Like, but 
a lot of you said and obviously agreed in the end that it you know put more eyes on it where it probably wouldn't normally get it on NXT UK um, television. But it's just been fucking phenomenal, like really, really good. And again, this is one of those ones where it's actually dragged out a bit longer than a year, but it's really kind of come full circle this year. Um, seeing the transition of kind of dragging off, go from just wrestling Walter, but not having that kind of edge that he needed to beat him to really taking that beating off Walter in that uber violent match and then him just going on the kind of rampage getting more and more pissed off him losing and snapping and stuff like that to finally getting to a point where he knows he can beat uh walter uh and their match at takeover was absolutely banging um but yeah i just think it's been really really good and they kept they kept them away from each other for quite a while but every time they did interact or every time there was some sort of promo some sort of vignette that kind of teased that next match um was just always just so good. So, so good. Um, yeah, that was my choice. Nice. Uh, so, um, tied for third is Miro versus God and Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. What? Uh, second is WWE versus all their non-main event talent. Yes, <laughs> the second greatest rivalry of the year. Let's go. <laughs> and obviously, I, I think this is going to be a land sweep, no matter what the other three were. So Kenny Omega and Hangman Page is number one. On boys, pick it up. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not surprising, is it? No, um, exactly. Even um, as someone that doesn't really watch AEW as much as you guys, like it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Just, I mean, I mean the, it just shows what happens when you carefully and patiently book an excellent long-term storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say there's quite a lot of parallels with like the Hangman Omega one and Walter and Ilya. Yeah, obviously, like the face loses, he goes on a redemption story, and then mm-hmm. gets back. They just yeah, but, did it. In yeah, yeah, but do you know what? Do you know what Omega and Hangman didn't have? Fucking Sam Gradwell. <laughs> top top baby face Sam Gradwell. <laughs> top baby face. Top Sam yogurt. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this this was all really close. Um, I think I've actually as well. I've, I will say I, I'm, there's a typo there. Sorry, Aaron. Um, Miro vs God was fourth, not third. I just I wrote I wrote two, it down. Two threes. Uh, okay. I put two threes there. I put two threes on my notes here as well. Um, so I, it's just me being being soft. Um, so yeah, Miro vs God got fourteen percent on Facebook and nine percent on Twitter. Um, Walter Ilya got 15% on Facebook, not on Twitter. Um, WWE versus Midcard uh, contractors got 16 on Twitter, 14 on um, Facebook. And Hangman and Kenny got 60 on Twitter, 72 on Facebook. Fucking hell. Before we move on, Troy, do you want to talk about a, a, um, a notable absence from this list that someone was very adamant that we, we should have included on? on yeah, and it was on... I think I might have had it. I can't remember. I think it might have been one of my short lists. Um, but yeah, the 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 omission from this was Edge versus Rollins. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I stuck even... up for the podcast on Twitter about it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, to be fair, it, like, yes, WWE versus all their non-main event talent is an amusing one. But if I was going to put a serious one in there, it would absolutely be Rollins uh, and Edge. Mm. It was really From main really... roster, I think it's the biggest one to go for. Yeah, it yeah. was From really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Drew and Bobby was all right. Drew and Sheamus was okay. The yeah. fact you're having to say all right and okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's true. Yeah. To, to be fair, I almost went for John Moxley versus Japan as well, just because. <laughs> Forbidden doors. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's been great. Just becoming the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, we will go to the next award, which is Worst Show or Worst Event of the Year. Um, the nominations were WWE Extreme Rules, WWE WrestleMania Backlash, NWA Hard Times 2, because fuck Austin Aries. And that's not what it was actually called. Uh, and WWE Survivor Series. I was going to say, these, these shows will play. I was just getting out of control. <laughs> I, th- I, thought oh, GCW, so I, thought, I thought GCW had gone too far, but apparently not. <laughs> uh, so, um, Ben, we'll come to you. Uh, NWA Hard Times 2. Why was this in there? That was me. That was Jay. Oh, was it? Oh, sorry. My bad. Jay, why was it in there? Because fuck Austin Aries. Cool. Uh, Survivor Series. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need to say more about that, do I? Fair, fair. Um, you've got you've got a card featuring Tyrus and Austin Aries on a show booked by Billy Corgan. Like, yeah. there's a lot of questionable people there. There was there was quite a few like decent matches on there, to be fair, but it was overshadowed by the fact that they brought in so many like questionable talents, and also the main event was Trevor Murdoch versus Mike Knox. Hey. Exactly. Um, and if you have a wrestling match in a sewer, no matter how good the match is, you come out smelling like sewer. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, Tasty, your pick was Survivor Series, was it not? Yeah, I mean, this is really hard for me because I only really watched AEW pay-per-views this year and they were all quite good. Um, so I have to go into one that um, that I sort of felt the the sort of I, I sort of felt the the air around was a bit negative. Um, so this was Survivor Series. This was tw- the 25th anniversary of the Rock's WWE debut, featuring the Rock's 24 25-year-man battle royal, sponsored by the Rock's new movie, not featuring the Rock. It did have an egg? Did, did feature an egg? F- yeah. Did feature egg? Yeah. Did have um, egg? Did have egg? Don Day Star uh, egg. It was like it was like a little Santa <laughs> box, like rock sold separately. <laughs> <laughs> rock not included. It was like, it just baffled me. Like, how do you how do you cock tease your audience so much and dangle the carrot of the rock in front of them and then not give this like people said this what this is what would have happened if CM Punk hadn't have been at that show in Chicago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Fair enough. Um, and part, and part of the, apparently the, the matches were just baffling. This is one with Kevin Owens just bounced off in the middle of the Survivor Series match, wasn't it? And just disappeared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's because he was teaming with Seth, though. That, that was. Yeah, but I thought Survivor Series was meant to be all about like the brand. And, like... You know what? Aye, but Seth Rollins was literally on his knees last year. They had the exactly the same thing last year. Yeah. Seth just walked out, didn't they? Seth, no, then, Seth I, just took a. They both, it, but they, bo- they both fucking hugged each other at the end of Raw last week. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. He's just congratulating Kev on his new contract. Yeah. <laughs> You're not um, going to the rival company. <laughs> <laughs> for I mean, that, 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 that's probably what he was going backstage for. He was, like, he was emergency negotiations. He was like, right, this is what I want. Contract nego- negotiations going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron, WrestleMania backlash. Uh, again, I got a lot of stick on Twitter for it. Well, that's fine. Um, does anyone remember this card? Anyone actually remember anything I, from this I, card? I, I don't remember this year, but I do remember WrestleMania Backlash. Historically, just means all the WrestleMania matches again. Well, funny well, you mentioned I, that. Yeah, I do remember so, about half the cards. 
Yeah, so you had your two triple threat matches, the Raw Women's title with Ripley, Asuka and Charlotte, the opening match. That was pretty good. I'll give it its due. You had the other triple threat, Lashley, Strowman and Drew. Strowman was never winning it, but Drew... It was a very good match. Uh, Mysterio's (laughs) and Ziggler and Rude don't need 17 minutes. It was very dragged out. Uh, Sorry, sorry, but I'm going to say Roman Reigns Cesaro wasn't it for me. It was too long and drawn out. Uh, Bianca and Bailey, nah, I'd, ra- I'd rather not see that again. It was a bit naff. It was naff the first time. Uh, and zombies, Damien Priest oh, versus the Miz. Zombie. Zombies. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think that was the worst part about it. But I- that was like that was like that was like the worst in ring segment this year. To be fair, so yeah. As I said on Discord before, though, like the thing with WWE is that a lot of the pay per views have all got at least one really good match. But it's they're over. They're over. No, no. But they're overshadowed by the shite around it. That's kind of like what hurts it. Mm. So like, there was there was like three or four matches on there that like at least like two or three of us like really liked. But because of the zombie thing, that's all we fucking remember. Yeah. There was three matches there that were far too long as well. Like look, looking at the card right mm. now, I, and the two triple threat matches, fair play. The main event was just dragged out for me. I remember being bored watching it with you guys, just sitting there like vodka, yay, blue drink. <laughs> 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 are you, are you, are you the blue drink? It's me, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my choice was Extreme Rules. Um, no Extreme Rules matches, and Finn Balor lost by divine intervention. He didn't lose on either stomach. Uh, <laughs> well, that's true. That's that's all I need to say about it. It, nope. it was there was just no crap. like there was no gimmick matches whatsoever. No, there was they a couple of multi-man one. tag matches. Well, there was there was, a, there was a there was a ten buckle falls apart match in the main event. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, they, they, they had it on SmackDown before and the Raw after. They had a cage match. I think they had the last man standing match on one as well. And and an Extreme Rules match. Yep. But they couldn't do it on the actual pay-per-view. Didn't they actually game. move a match off the card and onto Raw? Yeah. I don't remember which one it was. It was an they... Extreme Rules match, though, wasn't it? It was like, we're going to do the Extreme Rules match, like or like one of the like a, a gimmick match. Yeah. We're going to do it on Raw instead of on the card. Like, it was like yeah. what they did with Hell in a Cell, where they the had like a Hell in a Cell match on Raw the day after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh yeah, let's just do another Hell in a Cell. But like, was it Lashley against Woods, Hell in a Cell? Yeah, and they did the Roman and Ray um, Hell on in a Cell the the as the main before. event on SmackDown before. Yeah. But yeah, this, this was just fucking nonsense. Um, just, yeah. what, why bother calling it Extreme Rules? When it's just essentially an episode of fucking Raw. I mean, WWE just book with like the, all the self-control and discipline of me around a big box of celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> I say I'm going to save some Maltesers, but like 10 minutes in, they're all fucking gone. I've given it all away. Oh, man. Um, On to the results for that. So uh, in fourth place, NWA Hard Times 2. In third place, WrestleMania Backlash. In second place, Survivor Series and in first place, Extreme Rules. Oh, that's a worthy winner. I mean, I think NWA is only so low down because I don't think anyone knew what the fuck it was. Well, yeah. th- it was, yeah. this was the closest out of all of the categories. Oh. Okay. Um, but I think NWA Hard Times got more votes here than people who actually attended the event. and <laughs> <laughs> so, NWA Hard Times got 25% of the votes on Twitter and was actually in second place on Twitter 
However, it got no votes on um, Facebook. Okay. Because no one watched it. You should have tagged Austin Aries in it and we would have got like major heat of it. it <laughs> Uh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but Backlash and Survivor Series on Facebook both got 25%. However, Backlash got 20% on Twitter and Survivor Series got 22 And then uh, Extreme Rules got 33% on Twitter, 50% of the votes on um, Facebook. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right, so... I mean, again, fair. You can't have an extreme rules pay per view with no extreme matches. That's just not yeah. cricket. And it's so fucking easy. Like they 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 piss giving matches. They piss giving matches all over the place everywhere else. And then the one yeah. time they're meant to do it, they go, "Ah, oh, no, we're right." Yeah. Appa- <laughs> apparently, looking at Wikipedia, the Roman Reigns and Balor one was the extreme rules match. Was it fuck? Apparently so. That's the only thing extreme says. about it was the fucking finish. Did anyone tell? <laughs> did anyone tell Roman Reigns and Finn Balor it was the extreme rules? <laughs> they did that bit where they fought through the crowd and Roman put a mask on. Top lad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Top, Top lad. Yeah. And they tried to buy ECW. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what category have we got next? Who's taking Right. That next up, then, we've got uh, from worst show slash event. We'll go to best show slash event. Uh, and our nominees for this one are AEW All Out, Wrestle Kingdom, FMW A Independence Day. And WWE WrestleMania 37. Is it, is it still called WrestleMania? Do they still do numbers or is it just WrestleMania now? It's just WrestleMania. It's just WrestleMania. Just an ongoing, never ending WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this year's <laughs> slice of that infinite cake, that uh. infinite Vianetta that is WrestleMania. <laughs> so um, I'm going to, I mean, I, I don't like to make assumptions here, but FME, FMW <laughs> Independence Day. Aaron, talk us through this bullshit. <laughs> uh, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling is Sushi Anita's company. Uh, me and a couple of boys for the Discord decided to stay up and watch it, and oh boy, it was a thrill. <laughs> um, lots of alcohol and pro plus, pro plus later. Yep. Is that because um, you needed it to get through it? It was that night. Um, there was a 45-minute delay in the broadcast. Uh, it's okay. It was still a was good that, show. Was that for the get-related reasons? That was... <laughs> was that so they could clear the fruit and veg off the fucking ring apron? <laughs> yep, so that, this was a... This was was a, that because the Japanese police thought it was a terror attack? That <laughs> <laughs> that This was a deathmatch show in a fruit and veg market under a bridge. And that's <laughs> That's not even underselling it either. <laughs> um, there was there was a fans vote which weapons get used in the match. We actually had to sit on our phones. Fuck we me, it's like taboo Tuesday like, all over we again. We did not. We did not have a clue what we were doing doing it. But <laughs> how how is your Japanese? Did you understand it? Do you know what you were voting for? A referee got up and get shoved up his bum. Um, Christ, literally, man. not figuratively. Uh, <laughs> literally <laughs> not figurative. Not a metaphorical, but guess a real piece of bread. A real piece of bread. <laughs> he got it from the bread. bread market next door, did he? Yep. Who's the guy that bakes bread in Japan? Uh, oh. Satoshi Kojima. Yeah. Did, did he donate? Did he donate a baguette? <laughs> nah, you wouldn't have gone near this. He's too wholesome. Um, and in the main event, it was a six-man tag, but. You missed half of it because one of the explosions were that ridiculous. It was far too smoky under the bridge. You see it's like someone had just left their exhaust running. Oh, it, 
it's just so good. <laughs> was it? Was it? Oh. <laughs> like, the whole like. The whole the whole ring is one of that room they go to in stars and I just thought they come back out again. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, Matthew, I'm oh. going to be a referee of a baguette up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just I don't even know if you can go see it anymore. I think they've just cut it off after a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just they just the guy who like rec- the guy who filmed it, they just they burnt the, the camera and then shot him. Well, I, I had so much fun that it cost six pounds to watch the pay per view. Right? It's the best six pounds you've ever spent. I spent twenty pounds that night. Oh, wasn't that voting for weapons? <laughs> oh my voting god! for weapons, getting little emoji things, and oh my god! <laughs> I love the fact that you're talking about that. To anyone else, it sounds absolutely naff. We are. We have done worse show already. Just, just to remind you, this is yeah. in the best show category. <laughs> I think, Aaron, you played yourself. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, right, moving on, um, we've got Wrestle Kingdom. I believe that was you, Jay. Yeah. Um, I mean, what more can you say? New Japan at the start of every year, just fucking throw all the matches of the year at us so we can go, all right, sound. This is the let's benchmark. Just, let's, let's just get out the way. Let's just do it all now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, just some of the matches on there that Meltzer rated five or above. We got a card or Osprey where he won with just, just one. Just one. Just one, of them. Just one. Um, we got Shingo versus Jeff Cobb, which was an absolute fucking hoss fest. Fucking right, um, it was. Baby. We got Naito versus Kota Ibushi, which is banging. We got, um, and they surprisingly tried to kill each other like they usually do. Um, we got Ibushi and Jay White going for close to an hour. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it was the longest match in Wrestle Kingdom history. Um, and it was fucking insane. Like, mm. the so many times where you thought, all right, that's didn't, it. Didn't Kenny Omega go, didn't Kenny and uh, Okada go to a time and a draw? That wasn't a race. That was at Dominion, not... Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, fair enough. Yeah. They, they, beat, they only beat it like that by like about two or three minutes. Fair. Um, and obviously we had um, Zack Sabre Jr. and was it Sonata as well? Ooh. Which was yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there was something for everybody on this card. Um it was genuinely like a really good like variety show. We got um we all, we also got the um battle royal for the um what was what they called King of Pro Wrestling, where we didn't have a clue what was going on. It was just entertaining entertaining nonsense. Um yeah, and it should be should be another good show next year. Well, um, next week. Well, and we'll be doing a recording for it. I'll live cool. stream for it, not recording. Um, don't know who could have put WrestleMania 37. I guess it might be Troy. Do you want to I'll see that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just fucking love Mania 37. It was, it was the first event back in front of fans. Um, everything from the rain delay, where it then suddenly felt like we'd been transported back to the 90s and we had all these like off the cuff, like impromptu promos from people, which I thought was really, really cool. Samoa um, Joe under an umbrella, which was Samoa Joe under umbrella. That's what I live for. Hulk Hogan getting booed out the stadium. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Um, but yeah, it was the first one back in front of fans. Like it was just, it was fucking awesome to just see it back in front of fans. Like Mania is always my favorite pay per view. Um, two night format, like I really enjoy. Both nights were opened and closed with like two fucking awesome matches. You had Bobby and Drew opening the first night, which was a really decent match. Uh, you had it close out with Sasha Banks um, and Bianca Belair, which like that moment alone was incredible. The ovation, the emotion. That was that was that. the first moment of 2021 in wrestling that really moved me. Yeah, 
Yeah, so uh, when they when they both like stood there and took it in, and it was great in the in the opening match to watch Aaron Soul die in front of her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, not to forget, like everyone was knocking it beforehand, but you had Braun Strowman and Shane in the cage, like Shane taking that ridiculous bump. Um, you had Bad Bunny's debut hitting the fucking Puerto Rican destroyer on the outside of Morrison, fucking awesome. Uh, and then yeah, like night two um, topped off with the triple threat. Uh, Reigns, Brian, and Edge. Uh, it was just a really, really good event. Really, really enjoyed it. Like, yes, there were a couple of duds on there, but they, the, the the good stuff certainly outweighed the bad for me on that pay per view. Um, and as I say, like for me, like the the two big standout moments from that were the women's headlining match on night one, and just it being back in front of fans and it just feeling after everything that we'd had from you know the last. At this time of recording kind of like nearly two years but at the time yeah just you know just over a year um it was just nice to feel like things were starting to get back to some sort of normality so yeah that was why i picked it sound yeah uh and to, to the surprise of probably everybody here i picked all out 2021 Did you? um yeah, funny that in it <laughs> um i mean this card was just the card was insane when the weakest match on the card is probably john moxley versus satoshi kojima Whoa now, whoa. We have Paul White versus QT Marshall. That was, that doesn't go, that was the piss break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I know Aaron said, so you've got like Miro, you know, with Miro and Eddie King, she just beating the piss out of each other and closed with like what we've already talked about, the most shocking moment of the year. Here and we go. Came, Aaron said, here we go. Everything was, go no, ahead. no, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. So Aaron, you said on the worst show, your, your, one of your things for, for calling Backlash was that some of the matches went too long. Not a single match on this car went over 22 minutes. And it was perfect. The t- the cadence of it, like the the pacing of it, the timing of it, it just it, it literally we were watching this. We were all watching this in Jays and got to like the start of the third hour, and we were like, "Oh fuck, it's like three in the morning." We thought yeah. it was like we thought yeah. it was like the first hour still, and it's like, "Oh Jesus, Ooh. have we really only got like two matches left? What's going on?" <laughs> uh, I mean, this was like it was CM Punk debut, uh, AW debut. It was um, a match we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a cage. It was. Um, and even like un- understated bangers like uh, Britt Baker beating Chris Statlander, uh, Chris Jericho and Jeff was really good. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Christian was better than it had any right to be. Hmm. You know, the Battle Royal Ruby Soho debuted. Yeah, man. And that like, Suzuki that- coming out at the end of uh, Moxley's match with Kajima. Suzuki came out. Yeah, remember Suzuki a coming meme. out. Yeah. When Jay was having a piss as well, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went for a piss and I just heard the start of Kaze Nina Ray. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's everywhere. Quick! Just ran down. Just put, put back his um, Yeah, it was. I mean, we had we had another wholesome moment of the year, which was uh, Ruby winning the the, the um, battle royal and then hugging Bryce Remsburg, which was yeah. just beautiful. Love yeah, it was. It. it was. People are saying it was the best wrestling show since WrestleMania 17, and I'm finding it hard to disagree. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh, right, so straight on to the results then, and yeah, um, to no surprise, oh, to some surprise. So, rest, uh, I'm New Japan, by this New Japan have had a very up and down time during the pandemic. It's, it's really exposed, I think, that the fact that a lot of their roster was sort of built on sand a little bit. Um, it's they've, they've, I know they've got they've got that new awful belt, which is apparently cursed. Um, <laughs> and it just shows how much they've fallen out of it, the public consciousness that they came forth, Wrestle Kingdom came forth. Mm. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. That is disappointing. They had a bit of, they had a fucking I, torrid time over the pandemic, I, I though, didn't they? Aaron got some Russian bots on this one. <laughs> I, I <laughs> definitely think he did. Hey, for some votes. I mean, Joe and Ryan. Um, 
You know how he's saying so he spent what, what £20 pound on that pay-per-view? The other 14 was paying for people to vote for it. Well, yeah, no, it's actually surprisingly big in the Japanese deathmatch community um, as a podcast. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. our second biggest market after the UK. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next up then in third place, we had FMWE Independence Day. There you go, um, boys. It's confirmed FMWE is better than Wrestle Kingdom this year. There better, we go. Than, better, well better, better than Tokyo Dome. Wow. <laughs> Veg market better than Tokyo Dome. Wow. Wow. Also doesn't even watch it. Of course he fucking doesn't. <laughs> Meltzer Man's watches a- everything, mate. He's like a fucking hawk. <laughs> he's like Morgan Freeman at the end of The Dark Knight, where he's got like a million TVs. You see everything. Oh, wow. Uh, then we had WrestleMania in second, WrestleMania 37, which means the winner, I think by quite a margin as well, was All Out. This was the biggest landslide in, in the entire thing, to the surprise of nobody. Um, so Wrestle Kingdom got 2% of the votes. On um, Twitter, zero percent on Facebook. That's like one vote. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's, that's probably you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't actually vote uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I voted all out. Just to pull a curtain back, all out was my other one. Me and Big Tasty were kind of deliberating who was going to get to pick all out. It, 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 it was a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, I was like, you have it. Wrestle Kingdom was a banging show. I'll, I'm happy to. Uh, put that forward. Uh, FMWE got four percent on Twitter and seventeen percent on um on Facebook. Let's out, go. Out of six votes, there was only one person who voted for it on Facebook, and it was I Ryan. Don't care. Um, <laughs> I was the only one. The only other one stupid enough to sit up and watch it. Wow, actually, it was you and Joe, wasn't it, Aaron? Me, Joe, yeah, and Ryan, Ryan that watched it. Yeah. WrestleMania got nine percent of um the vote on Twitter, zero on Facebook. Wow. So um, you know, say no. All Out was the only show that got double figures percentage-wise. All Out got 85% of the vote on Twitter, 83% of the vote on Facebook. Fucking hell. Uh, so, I saw Kingdoms and the Ben Boys were no doing a live I mean, stream this year. I think, I think, that, I think, that, I think that's... So FMWE have a show that day? Can we do that <laughs> instead? That, that, that certainly lends credence to the fact that um, All Out could well have been one of the best. Certainly the best pay-per-view of the AW era. Yeah. Yeah, but that out. I mean, if, if WrestleMania 17 had happened two years earlier, we'd probably be talking about all of being the best pay-per-view of, like, this century. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, there is that. Um, it, yeah, it, it was it was a phenomenal show. Absolutely. Indeed. Righty, let's get into the next one, which is the one where I had to use actual Steiner mats to figure it out. <laughs> most, <laughs> most underrated slash underutilized because... A lot of people were saying we should call it that on Twitter instead. Um, so we've got Mustafa Ali. Mustangs Ali. Mustangs Ali. Mustangs Ali. Fucking Al Aaron. Even Autocrate doesn't want to say his name. Even Google is burying him. Like That's how bad it is. Dolph Ziggler. Absolute Ricky Starks and proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz. Um Aaron, do you want to go into why you picked Dolph? Yeah, he was last year's most underrated so slash underutilized, so he was defending it. All right, Fair uh, uh, basically, and he still is underutilized and underrated as much as you guys give me slack, slack, not slack. Let's not talk <laughs> hey. about him. Let's not talk about him. Oh boy, that's controversial. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh, um, um, 
I mean, I suppose, you know, Schlack likes Nazi stuff and Dolph's a German name, so... Schleich. Wow. Schleich, Dolph Ziggler, completely the same person. Yeah. <laughs> both, oh. both the same. Um, <laughs> Troy, do you want to tell us about Mustafa Ali? Mustangs Ali. Mustangs Ali. <laughs> Mustang Ali. Um, <laughs> for, for anyone that doesn't know this, listening, if you go on our Twitter on the poll for this one, it says Mustangs Ali as his name. You dafty. Because this is what happens when you let Aaron do the polls and he's going to come down. <laughs> <laughs> sat, um, in, sat in his house, huffing paints all afternoon. Sat in a cake, holding him I was actually in work when I was doing it. I love you, know. Oh, mate, you should be going to work when you're when you're on the influence, mate. Uh, you work, you work, you work with tools and stuff. It's not safe. It's fine. No one was there. It's fine. It's, it's fine. No one was there. I heard myself. No, no one had noticed. Fun fact: he was actually tweeting with a glue gun up on a nostril. Health and safety, mate. Always, someone should always be aware you are and what you're doing in, a, in an environment like that. Putting the glue up one nostril, covering another, so it blows bubbles. That's how we do. <laughs> So yeah, I chose Mustafa Ali. Um, he's been underrated for ages, but it's it's a shame. Like you see, off the back of everything with um, Retribution, he really deserved better going into that, but also coming out of this because they treated everyone else like crap out the back of that. And really, he was the only one in my eyes that they could have really done something with. And it felt like they did briefly, like a few months about where they had him like dressed up in the suit sort of thing. And I just, he's so good in ring. He's so good in promos and just, I, I don't get it. I don't get why they haven't pulled the trigger on him. I don't get like, I mean, you could argue that everything retribution was them kind of giving him the opportunity, but then it was just <laughs> so poorly. Like, and he was doing everything he could in a bad situation. Like he was still the standout amongst all of that crap. Um, and it's just, it's always disappointing to see him just be criminally underused, underutilised. So, um, yeah, that's why. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why it is, mate, because he's been here putting his own creative input on stuff. You don't like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look, look at Zack Ryder. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, also, I they, for... they, they, don't, they don't have, they don't have a stellar record for <laughs> promoting and pushing people with, Backgrounds similar to Mustafa Ali's, do they? No, no. not at all. Sure, to, to put it to Bro- put it mildly. Yeah, yeah. Bro- I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying someone high up at WWE is almost certainly racist, but <laughs> nah. Can't wait for when they uh, rebrand them to Qatar. Um, oh Christ! <laughs> Dubai was already taken. Um, <laughs> so uh, I went for absolute Ricky Starks um, to the surprise of nobody. Uh, I mean, what? obviously, I think um, as far as underutilised goes, I think that there is a reason for why he's not been used as much as he could have been this year, given that he got that uh, neck injury quite I mean, early on. He literally uh, broke his neck, mate. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like they've, he, even though he has had a few matches, they, it does feel like he's kind of been getting eased back into like full-time ring work. Obviously, he's been commentating on a rampage um, since like the third week, was it? Yeah, I mean, they, they literally binned off Mark Henry so he could do commentary. Yeah. Although I do I do quite like Mark Henry's, like, sort of, like, leading into the main event role. That's pretty, he does that really well. Mm. And it, it makes it feel different to any other wrestling shows, though, which is why I like it. It's like when, like when they're hyping up the boxing main event. Anyway, not talking about Mark Henry, talking about Ricky Starks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you've just got to look at some of the matches he's had as well. Like, he had that match, like, that like, mini feud with Darby Allen earlier in the year. 
um, tailing off from the end of last year. He had the um, obviously the cinematic match of him and Brian Cage versus Sting and Darby Allen, which oh. I think was my favorite cinematic match this year. Yeah, it was really good. Um, really, really cool. Like the even like um, just seeing Ricky Starks on a Lambo at the start was enough for me. Oof. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I was gonna say even that video package that he did where um, it was like him in, in like his house and he was like getting dressed and then he just got into like yeah. this and was like driving through like New York or something, just really cool. Um, that was another one of them like stealth babyface promos though, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, that he, he'll he'll end up being a babyface eventually. I think he's he needs to be healed for the time being though because he's just better, right? Um. And yeah, then just as I say, down to the matches, even the match where he broke his neck against Hangman, it was banging. Like he, he carried on, obviously, but like it was a banging match regardless. Like if I had them known about that, I would have still gone, oh yeah, that was a really good match. Um, and the fact that he got two good matches out of um, the wrestling equivalent of room temperature walk to Brian Cage. Tepid <laughs> um, Brian. Yeah, says a lot. <laughs> Uh, at time recording, we're probably about to go into a Ricky Starks Dante Martin feud or Ricky Stark Leo Rush, even that'll be yeah, good. Just give me oh, all, yeah. of like, so, all of yeah. that. So, yeah, I, I just I, I think I think he probably wouldn't have been my pick if he hadn't have got hurt. That I think that's kind of almost like a, a little bit of an alpha wire pick to me, but yeah, I, I, I think next year he's gonna have a really good year. Um. Fine, Nalamon. Big taste to you, Ad. Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, proud and powerful. I'm a tag team boy. These are tag team boys. Um, they're one of the best tag teams in the world. And they're not. They, they are not and have never really been in the tag team title picture, um, no. which is somewhat baffling um, because AW is really good at sort of recognizing talent and recognizing talent is really over. And they're also really over with the fans as well uh, when, whenever they pop up on live shows. Uh, hopefully this, they're in a program with Eddie Kingston right now against 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Hopefully this leads. I think, I still think, I still believe that these, that Southern Ortiz will take the belts off of the Lucha Bros eventually. Hmm. I think it's, I think they've, they've, they've sort of been, they've been tweeting a lot about wanting the tag titles and they've been like winning a lot like they've been bubbling up like under the surface on dark and elevation but a lot of them it's just because the only time you see them is because most of the times you've seen them this year they've been stuck in a fucking awful inner surface yeah literally Chris Jericho's friend basically and Santana is like the best talker in the inner circle and he doesn't get to do anything yeah yeah so yeah Yeah. more 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 Santana and OTAs please and less Uh, inner circle I agree I I think that they're probably going to finish next year as a Tag team champions. Mm. Um, right. So um, now let's get down to the numbers. This was the one where, as I say, I had to use actual honest to goodness Steiner math on this bad boy because <laughs> one and two was that close. Uh, fourth place, Mustafa Ali, nil point over both formats. That's absolute fucking shit. But I, I, mean, I think it kind of proves the point that he is underrated, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, I in think... many ways, he actually wins this category. I mean, I blame, I blame Aaron for him not getting any of his Twitter's Spanish name right. The fucking um, Mustangs Alley. I, I, I think sounds like one of the figures your nan comes back from the market with. Like, I, I know you like wrestling. I got you that Mustangs Alley one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, if if we had have like actually called this uh, most underutilized, he would have definitely got more votes than most underrated because I think yeah, he's widely regarded as being a very good wrestler. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't get used as much. Um, as are, to be honest, as are all these guys. Uh, to be fair, mate, he is the king of random three-minute tag matches. 
<laughs> but when he when he's been given the opportunity to actually have like a longer match in WWE, he's killed it every time. Like, oh yeah. Um, next we had uh, Zigglypuff, um, <laughs> seventeen on Twitter, sixteen on Facebook. Um, I mean, I'm shocked he's in double figures. If I'm honest, king, yeah, the, the king, the, the king is dead. Long live the king. Yeah. Whoa. And then this this is where the maths come in. So proud and powerful had 61% on Twitter, 33 on um on uh, the Facebook. Facebook. Ricky Starks had 22 on Twitter, 50 on Facebook. So the way I was working it out was basically like kind of like average in between. So their average was both identical. Weirdly. Um, um as as overall votes, it was obviously proud and powerful, but like that. Basically, I just fucked my system around a bit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, proud and powerful winner. Oh, nice. Just think, just think. At some point next year, we're going to get an, an AEW pay per view match with the Lucha Bros versus Proud and Powerful, and like Maggie Ruff is backstage just having a breakdown because she has to perform both entrances live. What have we got next? Is it you, Aaron? I uh, most overrated. Let's go. Uh, our four people for most overrated of the year. We've got Sammy Callahan from Impact, uh, Brian Cage from AEW, Becky Lynch from Monday Night Raw, and CM Punk from AEW. Oh, oh, controversial. What's controversial? Uh, uh, well, All of it. Come, come, <laughs> come on in, Troy. Why have you put CM Punk? How many of you had him? Is your superstar of the year? I've uh, always said on AEW that his matches have been all right. How many of you had him in your match of the year? I didn't. How many of you had him in best promo? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's there. Promo. He is there. So my point has always been, it's all right on the mic. It's good. It's impressive. It's a good talker. For me, he does nothing in the ring. And he came in... A lot of pomp, a lot of circumstance. Understandably, I get that. But I still just don't understand, like, people clamour after him. But all I ever hear is, oh, he's really good at promos. That's it. Can't get by just being a promo guy. I don't say he has bad matches, but it speaks volumes when none of you have put him in your best match. None of you have put him in superstar, but two of you have chosen him in a promo thing. I we, just, we just don't get it, and I, I've never got it. And I was going back before this, before I put it in, I was like, I'll go back and watch some of his WWE. So I'll go back and watch his Money in the Bank match against Cena, which everyone raves about. I'll go back and watch all of his previous stuff since he's come, back, come to AEW. Yeah, he's, he's putting over like some younger talent. That's great. But there's other guys there that do it like just as well, if not better, in my opinion. And yeah, for me, I just, I think he's really overrated. I really do. And I know that that ruffles a lot of feathers, but I don't care. And I've I've backed it up there, so just deal with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how far how far can you go by just being good if you can call it good on the mic? Picky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> um. Yeah. Fucking where she goes. I fucking hate you. I fucking despise you. And the mic. Oh, it grinds my gears and. Basically, all our moveset consists of is clumpy running and 
basically she stomps when she runs and she stomps when she walks and it does my tits in. And basically a wrestling consists of an exposure suplex and an arm bar. Arm bar. Arm bar. Verdunzel like like, family, whatever it is. I don't <laughs> imagine him. Imagine if you had to put that out in reply to someone on Twitter, Aaron. Fuck me. You get, <laughs> oh God. You're getting death threats, mate. I absolutely <laughs> despise Becky Lynch. I don't understand why everyone likes her, and I never have. Even when she was a baby face and the man, like, oh, cool, right? I don't care. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down on what you're saying there, and say the only reason she got over when she did get over was because she got, she hit Charlotte. Yeah. True. That's the only reason because I remember yeah. we watched it like going, go on, Dex Charlotte, Dex Charlotte, and then she did. Even yeah, then, it. even then, never bet against Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, all, that's literally all I've got to say. That's all I need to say. Go next, Tasty, or shoot you? Uh, I'll go next. I mean, I, I sort of struggle with this one again because I couldn't think of anyone really. I, I watched an AW, I thought it was a bit overrated. Um, so oh, yeah. over there. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you don't have <laughs> down, so that's fair. Um, but then I thought, like, I, have, I don't watch a lot of Impact nowadays, but every time I do, I'm always, like, intrigued by the idea of Sammy Callahan until I see Sammy Callahan. And then I'm like, oh, no. Uh, it's all right, really. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. I nearly put Rich One for the same reason, and that, like, but Rich One can go. So, yeah. They're kind of, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. So, like, Rich One's, like, really good in the ring, but, like, literally a non entity as a personality. Mm. And Sammy Callahan is like just all edge and like no like in ring. In ring product, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just I don't know, he just does nothing for me. I, I, I didn't I didn't get on with Solomon Crow. I don't think he's really evolved his character. You know, he just I want to twat at the head, which is really hard with the kendo stick, isn't a personality. <laughs> fair, fair. It's a sentiment I can get behind though. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, so I went for um, Brian Cage. Um, what more can be said about Brian Cage other than what what I said before? That he's... I mean, apparently he's got a cracking nub. <laughs> well, yeah, the fact <laughs> when when you've got to get your wife to tweet about the size of your fucking penis on Twitter to like convince fans to be interested in you, there's a serious problem. He looks great. He got his body out of uh, one of those like catalogs, I believe. Uh, the Doctor Storian was uh, passing around that time when. WWE got the signature pharmacy thing. Um, I think there's a reason why he hasn't shown up there because he wouldn't pass a piss test. Um, I, I, but more to the point is wrestling ability. He can do some really good things, but every time he does, it always looks like sloppy and dangerous when he's doing it. Um, he's got a. I can't remember if it was this year or not, but I really enjoyed the match with Darby Allen where he literally just yeeted Darby around the ring, and then that was uh, last summer. Yeah, that was really good fun. I mean, that's, that's literally how much I've thought about Brian Cage this year. I just thought that was this year. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like as well, like, I mean, he's got, he's not really got any charisma. He's a shit talker. That's um, why he was in Team Taz. Yeah. But <laughs> that, Didn't Ricky Starks bring that up in a promo? Is like, they put yeah. you in a fucking thing with me and you, I, my, my charisma couldn't even rub off on you or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. Like, you look at the guys from Team Taz, Hobbs is like, and he was someone who was really close for me to pick as like most improved. Mm-hmm. Um, powerhouse Hobbs he, he's like when he does cut a promo he's awesome he's got like swagger about him he's got a really good look Hook I mean fucking me Hook doesn't say a word and he's got like buckets of charisma just by the way he carries himself 
and he looks like he's going to just be like as good as his dad. Mm-hmm. And then you got Brian Cage, who's just there like charisma vacuum. It's really telling us yeah. that he was like the founding member of Team Taz and was very quickly surpassed by all of the other members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in like the, the in fact- like in, in pretty much every capacity. Yeah. <laughs> The, the fact that he was literally brought in just to make a star out of Ricky Starks. Yeah. He is, he is, like you said before, he is the wrestling of the vanilla ice cream and not like the posh one with the little bits of like the vanilla pods in, like the cheap one from Tesco. <laughs> the, the one that's that like white just frozen milk with a bit of sugar in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I just, he just does fuck all for me. He really does. It sounds fairly unanimous. Can we? Should we go to the results? <laughs> yeah, this, this, this was another. Um, it, to be honest, on Twitter it was much closer. On Facebook, it was a fucking landslide. Um, so in, th- in third, oh wait, that's it's Aaron, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and fourth place was Sammy Callahan. Uh, I don't think anybody watches Impact to be honest. No, I just don't think, I don't, I just don't think people give a fuck about Sammy Callahan, which is fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, third is CM Punk. Which, when people are voting CM Punk for most overrated over Sammy Callahan. (laughs) (laughs) Just just because everyone's anti knows who he is, that's all. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In second place, a fucking Irish potato leprechaun lassie. Becky Lynch. You, you joke, they had her come out and do an Irish jig in NXT. Yeah. Pretty much <laughs> as a leprechaun when she, she first literally debuted. She was literally river dancing leprechaun. Yeah. Her original gimmick was just river dance. Her original, it was Michael Flatley's backing dancer. <laughs> <laughs> and in first place, I think we all agree that he is a bit overrated. I say a bit, he is overrated. Uh, Brian Cage is number one. Yeah. So uh, this one was um, quite. Close at the top and quite close to the bottom. So Sammy Callahan got five percent of the votes uh, on Twitter, not on Facebook, um, because people don't know who he is. The only time people got excited for Sammy Callahan this year was when he was meant to be tagging with John Moxley, and then he broke his leg. Um, next, we had CM Punk. He got fourteen percent on both platforms. Um, moving on, uh, so Twitter, Becky Lynch got forty-six percent of the vote. Um, on Facebook, she got zero. And on on Twitter, Brian Cage got a big old fifty five percent of the vote, and on Facebook he got eighty six percent of the vote. Wow! More of a landslide than um, all out, but the second biggest landslide on Facebook was that. Damn. Nice. We will move in. We're we're into the the, the top five uh, of our last awards. Um, so next up is best <laughs> promo. Uh, the nominations are CM Punk uh, and MJF, CM Punk's return promo, Gargano saying goodbye to NXT, and Jay White's Wrestle Kingdom 15 promo. Um, CM Punk's return promo, who was that? That was me. Um, I mean, this is probably the most anticipated promo in wrestling all year round. Um, as soon as people got like a bit of an inkling that CM Punk might be back. They were like, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? Um, and I think as, as far as like the whole like presentation of everything, it was just incredible. Like down to the entrance, the, the anticipation from the crowd, um, the fact that he come out, he just kind of soaked it all in and he was just honest with everybody. And he just, it wasn't like, it didn't feel like a wrestling promo. It felt like seeing a mate for like the first time and like, a couple of years and just catching up with them. And then he went into the wrestling promo and was like, right, Darby Allen, 
we're having a fight. Everything for me, everything like kind of like presentation wise, production wise of it was just perfect. Uh, really well executed. And if you haven't seen it, go and watch it because it, it's genuinely one of the best crowd reactions I think I've ever seen. Well, I've literally seen the video today of his entrance of everyone chanting his name. It still gave me goosebumps. I still go yeah. a shower. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's. I think it's also one of AEW's most viewed clips on YouTube. It is. Oh, most viewed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll get to my pick, and that was Jay White's uh, Wrestle Kingdom 15 promo. This came off the back of his loss, uh, and it was just a real swerve. Uh, there was a lot of talk about his contract expiring, a lot of con- uh, talk about him going to NXT. Uh, apparently, there were some talks there. Um, and yeah, basically coming across like, you know, he, he was done. That was it. He was on his way out. Uh, and just, I, I liked how they do those post-match interview conferencings in, in New Japan. It's really cool. They have them sat at the kind of press desk taking questions and stuff like that and literally just come out from the match, like, you know, sweating there, shirt off and um, really beaten up and and, and and dwelling on things. Um, it was just really good. It was really emotional. It was really raw. Um, as I say, like uh, clearly a massive swerve. He's, he's still with them now. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was really convincing. And I think he had a lot of people convinced that that was it. Uh, so for me, yeah, it was, it was a fucking awesome promo. Um, Gargano saying goodbye to NXT. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get some NXT in this awards here. I mean, uh, you, you're the lead reviewer on it, mate. I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I try my best for the little good things that we get on the show, but it's a review that makes it, isn't it? Yeah, aye, 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 pal, um, aye, aye. Um, yeah, Gargano saying goodbye. Obviously, we knew the news that he had to extend his contract by a week to be at War Games. He had his War Games. He said after War Games, I'll speak to you as Tuesday. Uh, then that was us on like... like Tender hooks. Tender hooks. Yeah. Fucking, oh, we've got two days to find out. Oh, gosh. He's actually going, oh, no. And... Johnny takeover is no more takeovers. That's it. What really then, threw me about? Oh, go on, mate. Go on. Uh, I, I was just he got he gets the last ten minutes of the show, or maybe I don't know how they done it live, but that was a weird one. Uh, fuck Santos Escobar. That's fine. Oh yeah, they just they just cut his match, didn't they? Like cut his match stopped happening. Yeah, halfway through it. Yeah. Uh, so really. yeah, Gargano got into an ad break, and all of a sudden, like the match just wasn't happening, and Gargano was on his way to the ring. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so he got his last 10 minutes, and then he just he basically spoke for the heart, he was going to be a dad, <laughs> all that noise. It was again much like the CM Punk one, it was just a very truthful, honest, just uh, raw, like unscripted. Yeah. Like, like Gene came want- out, he was like, Oh, like Sean said, I could say what I would like, I've got as long as I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, he also says goodbye. My most important job is to be a dad. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. That was, was lovely. And then the swerve at the end, dickhead Grayson Waller. Shitbag Waller. <laughs> Shitbag Waller. Let's go. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, nomination for the best promo, uh, CM Punk and MJF. Yeah, all right. How many times in its short history have AEW opened a show with a promo segment? Not often. 
it's very, very few. It's less than five, probably <laughs> less than three. Um, how many times has that premise open gone for half an hour? Never. Uh, it has now. I mean, this was when 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 CM Punk arrived in AW. Obviously, all the all, all the dream matches and situations start running through your head. Like, oh, Punk v Derby's happening, brilliant. Then we get this, then we get this. And the one thing everyone went to was like, oh, can't wait for Punk and MJF to get on the mic and go into each other and just rip into each other. And yeah, they just let they just let it happen, like unscripted. Like no direction, just let them go. Let them just say whatever the fuck they wanted for nigh on thirty minutes, and it didn't feel like half an hour's worth of talking. It felt it was it was so snappy. It was the, the chemistry was electric. It was back and forth. Uh, there were some great references. You know, Punk called MGF a less famous Miz, which was great. Um, MGF was saying like. Um, Ironically, for Punk, whose finish is called Go to Sleep, he looked like he was the one who needed to have a, a good nap. He said he looked like, even though he's straight edge, like a meth addict. It was, oh, there was, it was, it was zingers back and forth, like for, for a good while. And again, this is another one. Um, it, it was so good and so important and so, so massive that again, AW made the entire segment available to watch on their YouTube channel, which they don't do often. Like the entire 20 plus minutes, you can just watch the whole thing. Nice. And yeah, it was. It was as close as you're going to get to the good bits of the Attitude Era back in 2021. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite part of that promo, which was really kind of understated, was the fact that when both guys were talking, they didn't have the other cut them off ever. They had the other taken in what they were saying. Mm. And then it was almost like they were formulating the rapport in their head. So like when like MJF's like cut, like literally like ripping the back out of Punk for five minutes at the start, and Punk's just like nodding his head, like, okay. And uh, the first thing he says is, I'm so disappointed in you. Is this yeah. all you've got? And it's just like, oh, fucking hell, okay. In, in corporate speak, that's called active listening. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, I AEW mean, is blessed with riches in terms of, I mean, like, you could have had, I could have put Punk, Eddie Kingston in this as well, which was excellent. Uh, I said my my, my the, the one that came out of left field was Hangman for me. The the Cowboy Ship promo was legitimately my second favorite promo of the year. Uh, that was my other pick for this category. But yeah, Punk, Punk MGF. Like if you there, there was so many times in wrestling, you, you you have these like can't miss segments that fizzle and die. But for it to actually just go, oh no, these are two of the best in, on the mic, and they actually did deliver, and it was brilliant. Mm. Is it's, it's lovely. Nice. So on to the results then. Uh, in fourth place was Jay White's Wrestle Kingdom 15 promo. In third place, Johnny Gargano's farewell to NXT. In second place, CM Punk's return promo. And in first place, CM Punk and MJF. Jay, what were the uh, percentages? Uh, so Jay White got 6% of the vote on Twitter, zero on Facebook. That's disgusting. Gargano got 7 on Twitter, zero on Facebook. Um, Punk's return got 31 on Twitter, 33 on Facebook. Ooh. And the Punk MJF was again a landslide there. Uh, 56 on Twitter, 66 on Facebook. Um, hard to argue, really. I, I was going to pick this one myself. I voted for this one myself because um, I thought, yeah, it's it's it is the best. It's it was the most entertaining for me to watch live. I'll say Sweet. it once. I'll say it again. Wrestle Kingdom's in the mud. Let's go, isn't it? <laughs> Christ. I don't think I don't think it's gotten that bad, but like the way, the rate at which it's fallen out of wrestling consciousness yeah. is alarming. Steep. Nokia yeah, isn't yeah. die for this. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, 
What's our next category then? Right, next up then we have Tag Team of the Year, which this is the this is the Tony Khan Award for Tag Team of the Year. <laughs> so who is sponsored by sponsored by Tony Khan and his, Uncle Tony and, and his obsession with collecting tag teams <laughs> like a fucking Pokemon fucking Ash Ketchum <laughs> so our nominees for this year are the Young Bucks Pretty Deadly the Lucha Bros and the Usos so let's go to Troy first for the Usos uh, I picked the Usos because my other picks were Young Bucks, Pretty Deadly, and Lucha Bros, and you will pick them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd have I'd have put Lucha Brothers, um, but it was already chosen. Yeah. Um, Usos have always been one of my favourite tag teams, and I'll be honest, there isn't a lot of other standout tag teams in WWE for me that I really enjoy watching. Um, as you say, like, uh, sorry, as you say, AEW is a kind of like. Uh, spoil of riches is that the, the phrase kind of when it when embarrassment it comes, of riches embarrassment of riches that's it yeah. when, when it comes to tag teams um but then NXT UK like they've got some fucking awesome tag teams um you know you want again, to put Gallus down there don't you definitely yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was kind of it, it was it was kind of Usos were a pick I was like this is what I'm left with because you'd kind of all picked everything else but they are they've always been a favorite tag team of mine um and they've 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 kind of played whilst they're tag team champions at the moment. They've they've certainly been kind of second fiddle to everything in the overall Roman Reigns storyline, but not necessarily from an in ring perspective, but from a character perspective, how they've played their roles as the right and left hand men of Reigns. I think they've been really impressive. Um, so yeah, that was that's why I picked them. Cool. I mean, it's just, I, I, I'm not, obviously, it's a, I think it's a good pick. Um, although it's it's a little concerning when they're the team that's had the best year in WWE and one of them got done, like, legally. Yeah. yeah. And yet they've still have the best, they've still been the best tag team with the best 2021. One of them's been injured for half a year as well. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's not a criticism. It's a criticism of how WWE treat their tag team division. Yeah. 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 Or at least WWE <laughs> stateside, because... Yeah. Well, Jay, why don't you tell us all about the, the Pretty Deadly? Yes, yes boy! boy. <laughs> um, pretty Deadly are my favourite tag team in wrestling at the moment, I think, just because of, like, everything about them. Like, the presentation of them is fucking brilliant. They're just spoiled rich kids. Um, But, like, like well-off British rich kids, so, like, they look like they're about to go fox hunting wearing the like, fucking game blouses and the cummerbunds. Um. <laughs> Dandy Highwaymen. <laughs> dandy Highwaymen, indeed. The, just the fact that they're absolute shitbags as well. Like, they, they're really kind of, like, old school, but also, like, kind of playground bullies. Yeah. Um, in the oh, way that... They, they, they have made tag team fuckery an art form. They yeah. They really have. Um, they really, really have. Obviously, they won um, the tag titles this year. They ended the reign of terror of Gallus, finally. Um, <laughs> and they've Scotland. got... Every single, every single match they've had has been absolutely banging. Like they've had two with Mustache Mountain, both really good. Um, they had the uh, one against Gallus where they won it. They had the one against uh, the Coffee Brothers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like they had just a random match against Nathan Fraser and Jack Stars, and like just just them being horrible bastards, like isolating the man, just doing so much cheating. 
They do one uh, of my favorite spots where like one of them runs around the outside of the ring and the other one hides like behind their corner and like as he comes around the corner he just like fucking eats the guy over the guardrail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, fucking beautiful. Love even that. down to the names of some of their moves, like their finish is called Spilt Milk. Yeah, they they use the dead leg as a way to put someone down. Proper schoolboy. Isn't one of the moves shit. called? Isn't one of the moves called Crossed Swords? Yeah, yeah where it's like swords. one one jumps over the other and spears um spears the guy. That's just good. They're just so good. They're just brilliant. <laughs> um, again, same thing as I was saying about Akid. I feel like they'd get a lot more recognition of how good they are if they got away from NXT UK. As much as I, I hate to say that, because I love watching NXT UK. Mm. Um, yeah, but at the but, same time, I've got the fear that like this time next year they'll be doing the job to Jackington. Oh God! E- either oh, that. Who does a jacket thing like that? Wow. <laughs> I don't want to see Ikeman Hero taking a shit. Again. I'm picking Again. up a jacket off a bathroom floor. <laughs> but yeah, just um, as I say, just the general shitbaggery of their tactics is just brilliant. Um, and go watch some pretty deadly matches because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, okay, we'll move over to AEW. Uh, Aaron, you'd like to talk about the Lucha Bros. I mean, I had three names for Tag Team of the Year, and all three of them are in this list. So, yeah, like, it just shows you how very close we all were between the, the four of us. Not, not the Dirty Dogs, right now. No, 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 no Dirty Dogs in this one. I love that he been, didn't put Dirty Dogs in the Tag Team of the Year, but he still wanted to drop Zop Dolphins in one of the categories. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Lucha Bros, what what can I say? If you've never seen Phoenix do whatever it is that he does, Fe- voodoo Phoenix magic. Th- this Phoenix, top, yeah. top lad. Yeah, voodoo <laughs> magic. I don't, I don't know what you call it. It's ridiculous. I, don't, I, I can't do it. Sorcery. For those of you listening on the podcast, that Troy just produced the actual wrestler Phoenix. Oh, yeah. they'll see. <laughs> people watching this on YouTube is going to end up on there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and to accompany him is his brother Pentagon Jr. or Pentagon Zero M, who is a scary bastard who does horrible pile drivers and just breaks people's arms for fun. Yeah, just breaks people's arms for fun. Uh, they're tag team champs right now. They're every match they seem to have is ridiculously good. Obviously, you've got matches that we'll speak about later on. I assume uh, that are fantastic. I don't know how else I can sell them to you apart from they're very, very good. Like, is outstanding. They are is, outstanding. Is Phoenix on a technical level the best wrestler in the world right now? I, I, quite, had, I would argue that. Quite possibly, yes. Can yeah. I just say I had Phoenix as my second choice for wrestler of the year? Is Pentagon? Really? I also, had him there. Is, is Penta also in the top 10? Almost certainly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's mad. You can put both of them in a singles category and as a tag team. They're yeah. that good. Um, and like that's the thing as well. Like I'm always clamoring to see the Lucha Brothers as singles guys. Mm. And yet I've been I've not been doing that this year because they've been doing so well in the tag division that it, it's like kind of scratching the itch. Whereas when AEW started, it was more like, oh, but I want to see Penta like just murder like that guy with a pile driver. <laughs> it, it's good when a company treats the tag titles like their world titles, eh? It's great. Yeah. Aye. Ah, that's great. I fantastic. And treats multiple tag team titles like that as well. Yeah. yeah. Like the AAA ones feel like a huge deal, haven't they, recently? 
Yeah, right. So uh, for the last one in this category, I have stayed with AW. I have put the Young Bucks. Um, now, there is very little in my mind that separates the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. I think on their day, in, a, in any given match, the Lucha Bros are better bell to bell. Uh, I gave the nod to the books for two reasons. One, because of um, travel issues have meant that the young book, the Lucha Bros have missed a little bit of time in AW this year. Um, they've been caught a couple of times where they've not been able to get to shows and they've not been able to compete in matches, uh, most recently with the FTR match that, that didn't happen the other week. Uh, and two, I think we, we are now in the point in 2021 where we have to make a serious case to say, are the, are the young books the best tag team full time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And number three, they, Aaron had already picked the Lucha Bros. Yeah, you has been doing this now for like fifteen years. Yeah, uh, that's what I say. That's what I say. Like we were all so similar for our tag team of the year. Like it was just trying yeah. to pick. Like, oh, I, you've but, not picked that one, so I'm going to go this one. Remember that period. Every single one of these is a number one. <laughs> remember that period yeah. at the start of the year where, like, every episode of Dynamite, we just start with like a twenty-minute Young Bucks, Young Bucks five-star <laughs> match. Yeah, like literally every week. Just chucking that like, out on freezing. Who, who, who the fuck ever? Like fuck the acclaimed. Yeah, fucking varsity blondes. Bring them in. Yeah, just fucking who, who? Who's next? Like fucking they, the wingmen. Yeah, all right. Bring them in. Yeah, like the start of um, it was before they turned heel, wasn't it? So mm. they um basically were doing what CM Punk's been doing, like the Arsenal this year, where they're like going up against like up and coming like teams. Mm. Yeah, and putting on absolute bangers with them and going, oh yeah, these guys are ones to watch. I mean, it's not made by Max of the Year, but like the match where they retired, where they broke up SCU, was like legitimately one of the best psychological work matches. Yeah. In AEW this year, it was yeah. incredible. Um, just that, the, just the visuals, and Matt Jackson is. And it, I know people people joke and say, "Oh, they, they just spot monkeys and they just do flippy shit and they they don't they don't sell anything." Matt Jackson is like legitimately one of the best psychological wrestlers in the world mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of how. And Nick Jackson has Nick Jackson. You could make a case Nick Jackson is the most improved wrestler of 2021 at this point in the game. Like him, him turning heel has been a revelation in AW. He actually has a character. He isn't just a spot monkey. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fact as well, like he had that match with Brian Danielson, which like. Is widely regarded as like the best match that's ever happened on Rampage. Yeah, yeah. And some of the matches that have happened on Rampage, it's like, well, fuck me, if that's like the best, that's yeah. like that's not many, lot, not race. many, not many tag teams could come out dressed as Ghostbusters, come out dressed as guys from Space Jam, and yet still have like one of the best blood feuds of the year. Because they don't yeah. have the budget, mate. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for, for me I, again, it's more, this is a bit of a legacy pick in a way because I think like you have to take into account the weight of their entire career. Um, okay. I think I think there is a case. Certainly by the time they're done, but I think even right now there's a case to be made that the Young Bucks are among one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team of all time. I'd go as far as saying, based on the tag team title run, um, they've been the best tag team champions at AWC. Yes, I'd, yeah. I'd say that. I'd agree with that. Yeah. No FTR in this list. Oh, FTR were my second choice. Um, I I did have, I did have Lucha Bros and Young Bucks, and then I was like. I saw you add them as well. I was like, all right, I'm going to have to change that. So <laughs> do you know, I was like, call me. Do you know what surprises me? And mm-hmm. it's difficult because, as I say, I choose all four of these, number one. The Proud and Powerful aren't on here. Having won powerful. the breakout. Well, not, yeah. break, not breakout. Was it breakout? Was it most most underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Proud and Powerful, I think, would have if they had the rest. More. Same with FTR. I didn't, oh, I didn't okay. put them in because they had like a period of time where they weren't really doing a lot when... Um, mm when Cash got injured. So ah, fair because enough, fair enough. 
because of that, those there's been like sort of like ebbs and flows for FDR. Yeah, um, and Brown Powell just haven't done enough. They haven't been, they haven't been, they haven't had the platform that these teams have had. Proud and powerful got the Hager stank on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair enough. That's cool. I mean, they did have a fight with FTR in a nightclub with Conan DJing, which was fucking awesome. Fucking right, <laughs> that was awesome. Well, well Tully totally was dressed like he was in Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> Don't forget that. It was like the scene at a police academy. That's <laughs> what that felt like. And they did like fight into a lift and then just disappeared forever. <laughs> Is that the one where Swoggle was in a cupboard wearing an happy? Is that that? No, one? that was that was only in Vegas. That was the hangover oh, bit in Vegas. That was when they did the hangover. That was, that was only bought weed off Conan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, go on then who won uh, right so from in, in ascending order and it pains me to say this in fourth place is pretty deadly Ugh. no boy no but boy. it does go That's back to what saying NXT, NXT UK. UK yeah, yeah. yeah. If, I mean it's, it's 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 kind of a, a double-edged sword like I want more people to see pretty deadly but I don't want Vince to see pretty deadly <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, if, if they could just do exactly what they're doing now just in front of like 20 times the audience that would be beautiful mm-hmm. we just have that please um, <laughs> also there's a, a case to be made that, that uh, of all the tag teams in this list who have all held gold this year they had arguably the strongest reign yeah yeah so yeah. shame to see them down in fourth uh, number three the Usos I say yeah um, probably the best of a I don't want to say the best of a bad bunch not in terms of ability but in the way they've been presented in WWE just the best of a thinning bunch yeah. of tag teams best of a limited talent pool is the way I put it the thing yeah. is, it's not even like they have like lots and lots and lots of great matches. It's just been a whole storytelling with yeah. Roman Reigns that's elevated them so highly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you like New Day versus the Usos, then you're set. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you like anything else, then you fuck out of luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> then in a two, we've got some. So it's an AW212, but which way's it gone? Uh, in second place, it is the Young Bucks. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Possibly a controversial pick. Um, I don't know. Um, I'd like to, I'd like, I will, we'll, we'll shoot, we'll throw to Jay in a minute for the for the numbers, the tail of the tape. We'll see how close it was. Uh, and at number one, I mean, well, again, let's choice that any of these teams were worthy winners. Um, and I just, I just think the Lucha Bros have captured this because of the sheer dynamic of their match like they're, they're, the most, they're usually the most dynamic tag team out of all of them like the Young Bucks can move but they are getting on a little bit now um, but the Luke Bros just don't give a fuck do they they're just like oh. it's like watching them act on fast forward it's, <laughs> and it's great <laughs> Phoenix is my type of wrestler I mean I, I could love it. I could watch Phoenix wrestle <laughs> yeah. like, literally forever yeah. Yeah. endless Phoenix oh boy I yeah. think if, if you if you go back and like watched every tag team match in AW, I think you'd probably find that the Lucha Rose matches have the highest number of Fight Forever chance, or This Is yep. Awesome chance. Yeah. Like, yep. Almost certainly. Without a doubt. Yeah. They, they, yeah. In terms of in-ring action, they do the most to move the needle. The mm. Young Bucks are like, the Young Bucks are like really good at like putting together a great match and like they make everything like good, but the Lucha Bros are a spectacle. Yeah. yeah. Lucha Bros are a spectacle. Young Bucks tell a real good story, I think. But yeah. if you're only if you're only watching like the odd episode and you're not and you're not into the story, you're not into like the long yeah. term, yeah. then the Lucha Bros to... are like the, the Lucha Bros grab you like they're more so accessible. Quickly. Yeah. 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 I agree. And they and, and, and they are worthy winners for that reason alone. And, and yeah. the fact that yeah, Phoenix is probably the best technical wrestler on the planet. Mm. Um, it turns out an athletic style anyway. Uh, so yeah, Jay, do you want to give us a, a quick breakdown of the numbers? 
Yeah, this was a pretty close one. Uh, so pretty deadly. Had 5% on Twitter, 0% on Facebook. Uh, Uso's 14 on Twitter, 0 on Facebook. Wow. The Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros had 50-50 on Facebook. Damn. Um, 36% on Twitter and Lucha Bros had 45%. Wow, now I, close. I retweeted the tweet yesterday and the Young Bucks were way ahead. Ooh. So it's obviously like that gap's closed quite significantly. <laughs> um, okay, I mean that's it's it's, it's one of them. Like I, I've got another one coming up, but it's it's a coin flip depending on what you're into, what you feel, what, what you're in the mood for. Yeah, but yeah, worthy winners the Lucha Bros, absolutely well deserved, and um, probably best. Uh, we haven't got it as a category, which I think we need to add for next year. Best entrance of the year almost certainly was there. Oh, oh God, it yeah. was yeah, yeah. All full gear, both were good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but the, I mean the full game one was good, but the all out one gave me like legitimate tingles in my tingle yeah. bits. That's true. <laughs> in in my nether regions. <laughs> true. Yeah, that's a shout. We'll add that in as a category next year. Twelve um, Russian bots for the win. Let's go. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next, let's go to best female female wrestler of the year. Um and the, the picks are Thunder Rosa, Rick Baker, Kaylee Ray, and Bianca Belair. Um, Troy, do you want it's to so funny this, this entire category is like a mirror of the tag team category in terms of the situations of all the wrestlers yeah, yeah. everyone's <laughs> deserving yeah. Um, yeah Troy do you want to pick a, uh, tell us why Bianca's your pick she's fucking excellent so came out of NXT and people knew who she was already like when there was that whole feud between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair was the third woman in that. When it was on NXT, when she, you know Charlotte was on there, and she stole it like she stole the light, like stole the show on that bit alone. She then comes up to main roster. She wins the Rumble. She headlines WrestleMania in arguably the moment of WrestleMania, and then wins the Women's Championship. Unfortunately, after that, not but quite so well. But in terms of just everything from going from NXT to Rumble winner, to headline WrestleMania, to being women's champion within a year is incredible in my eyes. Uh, and that's why. I mean, she's, also, got... she's just really fucking good as well. She's strong as fuck. She's athletic. She's great on the mic and music slaps. Uh, she, um, she kept Charlotte out of the WrestleMania main event. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I, uh, I think if, if like she wasn't victim of like bad book and she probably would have walked away with this, like quite, Comprehensively, unfortunately, yeah. As you say, the booking after WrestleMania. I mean, that Becky thing just fucked it in it. Like yeah. Summer Slam, oh, God, it, yeah. God, wow. yeah, booking recently has really let her down as well. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, Tasty Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa. Um, again, this is going to go one of two ways for me, and I chose violence, um, specifically the violence at St. Patrick's Day Slam. Was it called? Yeah, yeah. What a also she has been threatening you on Twitter. She did threaten. Well, she threatened to super. She threatened to spear nail through a load of cans um, <laughs> after we released a Thunder Rosa inspired beer. Um, uh, it's called Graveyard's Tijuana. Go and buy it now from also Alpha Pepper and Company. It's real nice. Yeah, um, uh, right. Um, let's get serious. Uh, she has quite literally kept. She's picked up the AW Women's Division almost almost single handedly. Serena's there as well and carried it like several miles down the road without holding a tail as well. 
Yeah, without being a champion in yeah, any capacity. Yeah. Um, she has been the, the workhorse of that division. Um, she's just been she, and, she, and, and in all the ways so she's like she's been putting on great matches with everybody she's been uh, she's even she's helped out in Spanish commentary like um, <laughs> she's brought her students in to do dark matches and fill up the dark and elevation cards she, she runs Mission Pro um, she hosts her own um, wrestling promotion called Mission Pro where they frequently have taco festivals alongside their wrestling shows fucking excellent she, she's got a <laughs> youtube channel tacos. that goes and gets tacos with the wrestlers as well yeah what a gem which is, is very entertaining and she, she's, she, she's brought the best out of another wrestler who might be on this list and is almost certainly they are they are like almost locked in like a a Kevin Owens Sami Zayn style joint destiny now mm-hmm. yeah well I'll let I, I'll let you talk about that Jay yeah also big shout out to Thunder Rosa's match with Deanna Perrazzo on um yeah on, Shit, was it Slammiversary? Mm-hmm. Slammiversary. Yeah, uh, that, that that fucking band. Um, of, of all, the, sorry, just very quickly. Of all the people that like AW signed this year, like Thunder Rosa feels like maybe one of the most important. Like in yeah. a way, it yeah. sounds mad, when, but but like Tony Khan bought out her contract. Tony Khan doesn't talk to people who are under contract with other companies, but he mm-hmm. he went to Endeavor. He bought out her contract to sign her. That yeah. speaks volumes. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll go about Rick Baker then, shall I? The the, the, um, the, the, the yin to her yang. Yeah, um, I mean, she could have quite easily been breakout star on um, like picked on breakout star because she, and most improved because she's done all those things. She started this year. Um, well, but it's it's, 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 it's mad that picking either of those for it seems like doing her a disservice. Yeah, you say um, that I had. Bianca Belair is my second pick for both of those as well. Mm. Um, Middle of last year, she turned heel. I think it was a revelation for her and she slowly built herself up to being like the kind of face of the women's division. Um, Not only that, she's an incredible wrestler. She's always been a good wrestler. I think she like, she's kind of like ironed out the kinks of what like needed it like to improve from being good to great. And I feel like every time she's had a title defense, builds not always been great, but the matches have been phenomenal. Um, Lights out match was my second choice pick for match of the year at one point, and then Hangman and uh, Danielson happened, so that, that like got took out. But still, one of my favorite matches of the year by far. Um, like her match with Shida when she won the title, like she almost worked face in that match. It was insane. Yeah. It was such a compelling match. Like the story was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and just every single like match she's had, like she's had this year has felt important because she she is used sparingly enough that because she's obviously got like a faction around her. So when she's in a singles match, she's used sparingly enough that it feels like a bigger deal than it is. Mm, and I, yeah. I think the the overall presentation of Brit in general has just been so much better. Um, she almost feels like it, I'm unsure of who's going to take the belt off her as well. And it's which like is nice. Even though she's not come herself, she's elevated everyone else who she's wrestled. So the likes of like Ty Conte, um, obviously she's she's sort of rehabilitated Riho. Then there's a few they're having at the moment. Um, she's got this like sword of Damocles that is Thunder Rosa hanging over her. It's just never going to go away. Uh, it's she's just embedded. Like she, she she jokes like in in character like she's built this division and she's carried it and she has like she's been the the one mainstay throughout the start all the way through from all in all the way through to present day. First woman he hired. Yeah. 
So yeah. Um finally, Aaron, uh do you want to tell us about Katie Ray? Now hear me out. Yes, it's quite the difference in names compared to the three that have been said. Not the standout of any. Well, saying that. Uh start of the year, she was NXT UK champ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only reason I watched NXT UK was to see her defend her title, literally against Miko Satamura. That speaks numbers in itself. Mm-hmm. Just to do that on more than one occasion as well. Uh, yeah, she eventually lost it, but every time she had a match, she put on bangers, like this year in NXT UK. Was um, it this year she had that false count anywhere against... Um, Piper, Piper Niven at the very year. start of the year. Piper Niven. Who, sorry? Dewdrop. Oh, Dewdrop, yeah. <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, she disappeared for a little while, but she showed up in NXT. Uh, she seems to be the new, like, cool edgy one in NXT 2.0. She's even though she's a bit older than all these newcomers, they're still making her out to be one of the top stars in the division, though. Because she fucking is. So she fucking is. She that's absolutely why. is. She's super. Yes. And she's just yeah. a top, top, top lass. Top she's lass. Just an all round good egg. She's uh, she's come a long way from when she didn't get through like the third round of TNA British Bootcamp. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Really. That <laughs> yeah, was won by uh, by Rockstar Spud. Yep. Oh, but yeah, it's just. It speaks volumes that she's only been there like half the year. Like she disappeared for a good while, mm. and she's top star in NXT UK, top star in NXT 2.0. It, it, it turned out she was just moving to NXT just by boat. By boat, <laughs> it from, took that From Johnson to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go swimming in the water in Johnson. That's a bit dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> It has to be a glass bottom about this because it doesn't like dissolve. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd try just not go for an obvious one for this one. Try speak about a very one that should be at least spoken about. Yeah, I mean, she, she definitely deserves to be in the conversation with these other three. I mean, all again, it's another one. This I, I, I said simply before we started this, I feel like this category has gone the exact same way as the tag team category in terms of everyone and their respective promotions based on the results. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, it matches with Mako and um Ginny as well. Absolutely mm. bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So let's go down, crunch the numbers, shall we? So I'm fourth place with just two percent of the vote on um Twitter and zero percent on Facebook was Kaylee Ray. That's Absolutely disappointing. Shocking. It's the whole NXT UK thing in NXT. Again, yeah, she, again. I guarantee yeah, that's all when we do when we do this at the end of 2022, she's going to be in there again and she's going to be right there at the top. Mm-hmm. Without it depends what they do with her on the main roster, if though. Okay, if, yeah. if they book her properly, she'll be up there. Yeah. Yeah. If they book her. People just didn't see her best work. Like that's, yeah. that's the issue. Yeah. yeah. Um third place with 21% of the vote on Twitter and 16% on Facebook was Bianca Belair. Um, again, victim of bad booking. We yeah. all kind of said that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, second place with 35% of the vote on Twitter and 17 on fit. Oh, sorry, 16 as well on Facebook. Uh, it was Funda Rosa. And first place uh, with 42% of the vote on Twitter, 68 on Facebook was Britt Baker. 
DMD. Um, so yeah, on Twitter, on Twitter, very, very close between here and Thunder Rosa. Tony Schiavone is BFF. Schiavone. Schiavone. Bezzy. <laughs> nice. Uh, is it me for the for the penultimate award? No, it's Aaron. For it's Aaron. Aaron. Which one are we doing? Which one are we doing last? Yeah, tell me right. which one. Ooh. I reckon do match of the year last. Do you reckon? Yeah, it's uh, like best picture at the Oscars, isn't it? Right, I don't know. I, I think I think there's more to talk about with resume rest. I think match of the year we've already covered most of them. I think we should probably do that now. Okay. Uh, Aaron. Match of the year. Our nominations are uh, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. That's the steel cage all out. Yeah, it is indeed. It yeah. is. Yes, I thought it would be. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki on the AEW Rampage pre-show. Imagine just chucking it out on YouTube for on YouTube. giggles. Yeah. Big brass balls on Tony Khan there. How, how do you compete with, like, SmackDown? Daddy fat sacks Tony Khan. Just... Wapping <laughs> out for the fuck of it on free YouTube. Just like, yeah, have that. <laughs> and Absolute, it worked. <laughs> absolute cast on in conkers. Like, like he saw Vince McMahon in a fancy restaurant and just walked up to the table and put his dick on it and told him to kiss the table. <laughs> uh, one uh, we forgot, we may have forgotten about because it was so early on in the year. Uh, the Royal Rumble, Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. And the main event of WrestleMania 37, night two Daniel right. Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Um, I'll go, I'll say mine first with Drew McIntyre and Goldberg at the Royal Rumble. Uh, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I feel like between this and Mania 33, this is Goldberg's best match. It's between the two. Uh, yes, a lot of it was before the bell even rang, but we're still going to count it as a match because, oh yeah, bastard, I was pooping my pants for the opening match of the Royal Rumble. Oh, I think sure. we, we all had the fear for this, oh. didn't we? Yeah, the, the <laughs> fact that Goldberg could have actually beat Drew McIntyre <laughs> yeah. was the worrying thing. Uh, the more spears that happened and Jack Hammer, Drew kicked out of Jack Hammer. I, I, yeah. I should I remember? I, yeah. He did. I remember. I remember your soul like leaving your body. This match was entertaining for me just because I was watching you watching it, and that was <laughs> <laughs> for me was like the best, like one of the most entertaining things I've seen in wrestling all year. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> having like fucking conniptions, oh. <laughs> existential crisis that Drew was possibly about to lose the belt. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. The fact that it was the first like it was all the match of the show, so it was like oh fuck. Yeah. Uh, it, this always, I think, in recent years anyway, this has been the most like involved I've been in a match and like actually, certainly in WWE, like, certainly in WWE, yeah. Anyway, it wasn't definitely. like a, it wasn't like a technical masterpiece. It wasn't a five star classic. What it was was a big meaty roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as I say, between this one and the match with Lesnar at thirty three, I think between the two is the greatest match Goldberg's had in his career. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, enjoyed this. This is a this was good. This is this was just like watching 15 minutes of like buildings collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> uh like the opening match explosions. and there's, <laughs> the opening match and there's broken barricades and finishers galore and remember there were no fans for this either. There was no uh, fans this either. Was still in the Thunderdome as well. <laughs> it's just mental. Uh, like Good shout for one of the best matches, certainly in the, in the, the Thunderdome era. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call, mate. Good call. 
Uh, next up, we'll go for well, stay with WWE. Uh, the main event of WrestleMania Night Two. That was banging, wasn't it? Fucking, what's not to like? Any match with Daniel Bryan in, any match of Edge in, any match of Roman Reigns in. Uh, I love triple threat matches, and this was a really good triple threat. And it triple threats tend to, or at least in WWE, follow that very same kind of cookie cutter thing like two guys one guy's out one guy like this was just constant it was just a barrage and it was ongoing there was so many dynamics to it um it was just really really fucking entertaining was this not brian's last match as well for wwe no he wrestled i can't remember if that happened before or after no, this, that, but... that was he wrestled roman and actually like banished him from smackdown that was that it was, that was his last um, match yeah, it was just really, really cool. I thought it was an awesome way to end Mania. Like, this is the 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 main event of night two. Uh, I thought the finish was pretty cool. I loved the 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 moment where they both had Reigns in a submission in varying ways. And just, it was cool. It was really, really good. Really enjoyable. Um, and a, a, a real standout as well from what I thought, as I, I put it in my, my event of the year, um, a standout from a pretty decent card. The other thing about this as well that a lot of people spoke about was not just the characters, but the actual men behind the characters and their journey to each of this, like Brian and Edge, both having to retire through injury, having that second chance of coming back. Roman Reigns having to, you know, remove himself due to like a second bout of leukemia and this, that and the other all three of them having their like personal journeys to get to this moment to headline WrestleMania was a really, really nice, like kind of underlying story too. Yeah, absolutely. It was like you say, when, when triple threat matches are at the best, they have this like relentless sort of like wheel, like spinning wheel, sort of like two guys going, but there's always this X factor of this third guy about to come in and, yeah. and like, it's hard. It must be hard to keep that timing up and, and you have to be a really, like AEW did a really good one as well this year with um, Pac, Cassidy and Kenny, but mm. uh, this was also, this was WWE's version of that, of that sort of match they did a lot earlier. Uh, and it, but it, it was, it was hit the notes that the, the best triple threat matches do where it is just that relentless, like carousel of like threat yeah. all the yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, go to AEW Rampage pre-show. Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. Oh, oh boy! Let's not say about big TK. I mean, f- first go. of all, first of all, before you go to this, Jay, can we just break? Can we just go through that sentence? Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki on the on the AEW Rampage pre-show. Everything about that sentence is insanity. Is this no. not the only AEW Rampage pre-show I've yes, had so as well? Basically. Um, what sounds mad when you say it? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. If you, what what makes it sound even mad is you go Brian Danielson against Minoru Suzuki for free on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's what it so, was. <laughs> yeah. So just a bit of backstory on this match. The whole reason it happened the way it happened was that um, SmackDown had been given like an extra half an hour on the network, so it was going head to head with the first half an hour Rampage. So Tony Khan was just just as I say, just got a dick out. He was like, all right, fuck you guys. Um, and decided to go like for the like the an hour against an hour. So um yeah, he, he put the this uh he put Bobby Fish and Lee Moriarty mm. and then this match on the uh, pre-show rampage, and this was just 20 minutes of Suzuki and Brian just beating the living shit out of one another. Um 
do you like two men trying to slap each other to look like a pizza? Do you like chops? Because there was a fuckload of them in this match. <laughs> um, Absolute chop shop. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki, one point, no selling, getting his head stomped in by Brian and just laughing. Um, <laughs> I think I think it was this match where Brian bust Suzuki open as well. Yep. Um, they they just, as I say, they just beat the shit out of each other and it's free. Suzuki turned around and be like, how dare you make me bleed my own blood? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a really stiff match. It was, I think it was the first proper time since like he went to AEW from WWE that he kind of like showcased, yeah, this isn't the same, uh, bro, like this isn't the same guy who you've seen as that Daniel Bryan for the last like 10 years. This is this is me being Brian Danielson again. I'm going to stop think, people. It wasn't the first time he showed, but I think this is when he confirmed it. It's like if, if you were, yeah. if you were concerned that he was going to lapse back into his like softer character, like because he had that banger with Kenny, and then yeah, I was like, oh, he just did that because it was Kenny, and it was the Kenny match. If you were under any any sort of illusion that he was going to like lapse back into like a comfortable, safe style of working, it was like, no, he's just going to beat the shit out of everyone. Yeah, he, he said in his press conference, he's here to kick people in the face, and look, this is what he, this is exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, <laughs> complete disregard for his own body and his opponents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, banging, love that. Yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, and finally, the steel cage match for the EW tag titles at All Out, Young Bucks oh, versus Lucha Bros. This oh. match was like this match was like several, like mid several crises, several personal crises <laughs> in my life. Um, <laughs> from from like from the entrance, and we talked about it earlier. The Young uh, the Lucha Bros entrance, they felt like fucking superstars going for this match. With relatively little build, like there wasn't like a, a massive lot, like year-long feud behind this. It was just they won a tournament to get a title shot or a battle royal to get a title shot. And then they had a little program with the books and then they had this match. And they, they just up, they just managed to ramp the stakes up from like naught to a thousand in like the space of a, a month or two. Uh, which for AW is like a relatively short build, especially for a pay-per-view, because they have the pay-per-views quite spaced out. Mm. Uh, I mean, this had everything, didn't it? It was just like, do you want Phoenix in a cage to do Phoenix things on a cage? Yes, please. Yes. Um, do you want Mac Jackson to kick someone with a fucking Jordan with tax on? Yes. Uh, yes, please. Do you want everyone to bleed? Yes. Do you want everyone to get super kicks? Yes. Do you want everyone to get pile drivers? Yes. And then to cap it all off, um, Lucha Bros win it's a huge field goal moment you see Penta's kids which is fucking weird mm. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have doors, he's, he's, he's not a person he's just an entity of pure rage <laughs> <laughs> you take his mask off it's just a shadow of eyes <laughs> his mask is so like when you mask. take Kane's mask off and no mercy they <laughs> did it earlier this year you take Penta's mask off and underneath it's just another mask yeah <laughs> Uh, this was excellent. It had like it had emotional near falls. It had like it had like a DIY spot where like I think was it Penta saved Phoenix from like yeah. a super kick. Um, it had everyone just getting taking the biggest bumps and piss and blood. And the books when the books like sell the sell their asses off, they're, they're peerless. Like they they are incredible. Um, yeah, it was just it was just it was a bre- like not not many wrestling matches I'd describe as breathless. Yeah. But this was this was definitely one of them. Mm. And it, it's one as well that really holds up when you go back for like a second watching or a third watching or a fourth watch. I've I've watched this match more than any other match this year, and it there's a reason for that because it it's just like a really good match you can just kind of put on and like kill like half an hour with. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a twenty minute movie trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just twenty minutes of all the best bits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's like they take like the last like five minutes of a card match and turn it into an entire match. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll go to the results now for it. And uh, fourth place uh, was fully expecting it anyway. Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg at the Royal Rumble. That's fair. Again, I think most people just probably forgot it happened. Like, yeah, it was so long ago. It was a tough so one. Early that. on, right at the start of the year. Yeah. Uh, and third place was the EW Rampage pre-show. Danielson versus Suzuki. Don't know how I feel about that. Oh. <laughs> uh, and second place, WrestleMania 37, Daniel Bryan versus Edge versus Roman Reigns. So it's confirmed that Daniel Bryan, the character, is better than Bryan Danielson. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Don't like that. Nope. Uh, <laughs> and finally in first place, which is... Very fair as the cage match at all out between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Yeah, it's, I was too. There's there's no dispute in that. Is there no. really? No. <laughs> How can you argue it? Um, yeah, I mean, in the famous words of Scott Steiner, the numbers don't lie. It's <laughs> about disaster for you. It's sacrifice. Um, sacrifice. So sacrifice. McIntyre Goldberg got five percent on Twitter, zero percent oh. on Facebook. Oh, Danielson's that's, that's harsh. Danielson Suzuki got ten percent on Twitter, zero percent on Facebook. Again, I think that's more an issue of like people probably didn't see it. Yeah, mm. free on YouTube. If, if you didn't see it, go and fucking watch um, it right now. Just type that into your Google search bar and watch it. It's literally free on YouTube. Yeah, mine just has Goldberg in the title, so people stayed. Clear people automatically yeah. don't want to search for that. <laughs> if people are fear. Um, <laughs> Brian Edge and Roman got thirteen percent on Twitter, zero percent on Facebook. What? And the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks got 72% on Twitter, 100% of the vote on Facebook. Jesus wow. Christ. That is, if, if that's not a consensus pick, then I don't know what is. Yeah. Wow. Undisputed. Can we, can we be allowed to use that word? We, yeah, you can. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's the year. It's the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. I mean, that's a, it's a testament to the four. I mean, they are, they are, they are, it's literally the two top tag teams in all in this. The world. Fighting each other. Yeah. In a cage, like how can that suck? Well, mm. to be honest, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler. It, I it, mean, really, it really fucks. I, I think it's safe to say, as a spoiler alert for when we do talk about our matches of the of the year, that this is probably going to be like the the my way vote where we all kind of go, yeah, that's that's the number the unanimous. one. Yeah, um, just because it was fucking incredible. Yeah. Sweet. So. On to the final award of the show, uh, the prestigious Best Male Wrestler of the Year 2021. Sponsored the by non- Nick Khan. Sponsored by Nick Khan. <laughs> as, as in the, the one guy I won't release this next year, I promise. <laughs> the nominations are Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, MJF and Roman Reigns. I will go to Brian Danielson, who picked him and why. I I picked him. I know Big Tasty Adam as well. This is number two picked, didn't you? Or did you yes. have? Yeah, yeah. No, he was. He was my second pick. Um, I mean, the first and foremost thing is he's literally main event at WrestleMania this year and had two five-star matches in AW. First and foremost. I, the fact that he literally as well, he's had a run of about four months in WWE, then he's had four months off, and then he's had a four-month run in AEW. And 
it's been like both runs have been like night and day mm. how different they are. Um, they had some absolutely amazing matches against Roman, um, obviously the triple threat as well at Mania uh, in WWE and AEW. He had the, the draw with Kenny, the draw with Hangman. Uh, his match with Miro on the pay-per-view was amazing. Kingston. Obviously, the Suzuki one, the Kingston one. You could uh, argue that all of Brian's AEW matches could go in the top 10. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's all He hasn't had a bad match in AEW this year at all. Is he undefeated uh, as well? Yeah, he is undefeated. He is. He's got two draws, but he's never been pinned or lost. Um, and yeah, just as I say, like the both runs have been night and day. You, you could argue that it's like almost like two different wrestlers because he's obviously a lot more kind of that there's a bit more pageantry in WWE when he's like cutting promos and stuff like that. And in AWs, like I'm just here to beat people up. And his, his, his character work as well. Like he turned heel on a dime in AW and it felt natural. Yeah. 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 It didn't feel mad. rushed at all. It was like, oh yeah, here we go. And, and he's having the time of his life just being a massive prick to hangman. Like, and you can see on his face every time he comes out. Like, I know he does it. A little, 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 little bit of character thing. He's obviously a heel, but he still comes out the face tunnel. <laughs> um, I'd never noticed yeah. that. Because he yeah. believes truly deep down that he is in the right. He is just, he's still a baby face in his yes, own so. head. Fucking brilliant. Um, I'd like to think that like a gorilla that just like right go through that one. He's like that. Get to fuck and go through that one. <laughs> I'm good. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's like he literally left Ring of Honor, uh, doing his best wrestler in the world shtick. Put it on. Put it on ice for a few years and then came back and it's like, it's it's like finding like an old like jacket in in like your wardrobe and go. Oh, I've not worn that for ages and putting it on. It, it just feeling natural. Like a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Uh, nice. In many, in many ways, though, like so this, when he cuts promo at the end of all out, the off-camera one, he he's very much like the the flip side of the CM Punk debut. So Punk was like, "Yeah, I went away, and now I'm back." And Brian Danielson was like, "No, no, no, I took wrestling wherever I went. It's always been with mm-hmm. me. I've always carried it. Like I've always been professional wrestling. It's not a case of like I didn't. I went to the sports. No, I took wrestling to the sports in the same place, and now I brought it here, and it's it's fucking trouble for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> yeah." Nice. Solid choice, mate. Solid choice. Uh, MJF. Uh, that was me. Um, all I really need to say is top heel in all of wrestling right now. You reckon? I, I, I think, I think I, you, can, you, you can make that case, I think. Yeah. I, I would say so, personally, in my eyes. He's... I, I think the, the difference, because obviously the other one that springs to mind is Roman, which we'll get to shortly. <clears throat> Pretty deadly. Huh? well i I think i think the difference between like mjf and like roman is that roman still has people who like him because he's a cool heel yeah like mjf bastard mjf outside of long island piece of shit unless he's in long island then he's baby baby. face mjf is not real second biggest baby face behind sam gradwell And he's the second behind Mark Andrews, just to clarify. <laughs> Babyface MJF cannot hurt you. He's not real. It was, just a, it was just a dream. It's a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> that, that being said, Babyface MJF entrance in Long in Long Island could be in the argument for entrance of the year. Oh, it was so fantastic. It was Include, fantastic. Including the, uh, the little video package beforehand. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I mean. <laughs> the video package. Where he goes to where he played college football in his own jersey and everything. He's just like, wow. Uh, Come a long way, kid. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have that many matches for the year, which is quite un- 
he's a heel. You're not he meant to see him. He doesn't wrestle that often week. at all, does he? You're, you're not meant to see a heel. He doesn't want to wrestle, is the mm. thing, though. You say that, but there's plenty of heels about that do wrestle regularly. Kenny Omega was heel, wrestled fairly regularly. Brian Danielson's a heel, wrestles fairly regularly. Like the whole MGF is you want to see him get beatings as well. Is true. The thing. Um, true, true, he's, true, true. If he's not in a fight, he's not going to get beatings. Mm-hmm. MJF's got the money to have guys in front of them to stop him from having to wrestle because his, his cronies deal with them first. Can we yeah. say on like on like a on like a shoot level, he also legitimately let Chris Jericho staple a piece of paper to his forehead. As well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that's only downfall to his year is losing to Chris Jericho. But I, I, I won't go over that again. I, I went re- through enough weeks of that. He did redeem himself by beating Darby Allen with a headlock takeover, though. With a headlock takeover, like you said, Christ. yes, yes. And, and also, he did survive like Sting, like throwing him into a head first into a concrete floor. Yeah, on, <laughs> as, on as dynamite. <laughs> Stick just lawn darting them to the fucking outside. <laughs> <laughs> like his his mic skills are exceptional. When we do see him wrestling, he's very talented. He's surprising, man. As I said, as I've said before, I don't watch an awful lot of AEW, and I've like MJF doesn't really wrestle that often. And I managed to catch one of the rare times that he did wrestle, and that was against Darby Allen, and I was more than pleasantly surprised. And that how good he was. Going into that match, that was the whole oh, like you all know me for being great on the mic, but you totally forget how good I am as a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, promo, yeah. the promo he cut like immediately after that match, they showed it on the next week's Dynamite, where right. he was like, yeah. Yeah. where he was there, like drinking his like sports drink, like the blood, like, like all beat up and everything. And he just literally was like, just yeah, fucking exhibit A. You, you, say, you say I'm good on the stick, but I can't do it in the ring. Well, there you go, you losers. Yeah, proof is yeah. in the pudding. <laughs> Oh, it's just I, I love I love to hear him so much. Mm. It's he's, so he's like fantastic. He's what? Sorry, he's a modern day Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's that's the best way to And he always... minus the awkward blackface. Yep. Instead, it's just instead it's just mahogany orange, but it's fine. Mahogany. <laughs> uh, shout out anyone who's interested in them, Jeff. Go and watch. Uh, the documentary on YouTube um, was it Making Maxwell Jacob Friedman? Yeah, by Kenny Johnson. Yeah, oh, it okay. is phenomenal. I, it's basically yeah, it's I a thirty Scott. minute it's a thirty minute documentary looking at MGF like behind the scenes, but he stays in character for the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> you say stays in character? Is that not just him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, if you've ever heard of a film that's on Netflix called Creep about a guy who gets someone to like document his uh, life. It's very akin to that. It's okay. fantastic. It's awesome. A uh, little little um, cameo with your boy Bivens as well. Yeah, Bivens <laughs> makes a little cameo. Lovely. Love it's awesome. Uh, my pick was Roman Reigns. Um, long, long, long overdue at Hilton. And it's not just this year. He's been here, obviously. It was year previous, but has done the work of his career in this last year. Uh, whether it's him on his own, him with Heyman, him with either Jimmy or Jay. Um, he, not just for me, but for many, many, many people that I speak to who are wrestling fans is the sole reason that they watch SmackDown. Uh, he, for me, has carried WWE through the last year, has been the most compelling character, the most compelling storylines, has had some amazing matches, like some superb matches, a lot of people knock him. A lot of people 
you know, don't believe in his his in-ring talent, what he can do, but just watch his body of work over the last year. Everything he does um, has just been absolutely outstanding. Really, really, really good. Um, and I'm not tired of it yet either. And I thought I would be. I thought I'd tire of it quite quickly, and I haven't, and I still want more. Um, but as I say, it, it speaks volumes when the majority of people I speak to say the, the sorries and they still tune to WWE is to watch Roman Reigns. If you'd asked people two years ago, that same thing, it wouldn't have been him. Roman, Roman Reigns turned Brock Lesnar into the biggest baby face in the company. Again, <laughs> who'd have said that even yeah. six months ago? <laughs> it's, just, it's just incredible. Like everything that's going on there. Um, yeah. Outstanding, in my opinion. Uh, finally, uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. What can you say about Kenny Omega? Uh, the best belt machine, Mr. Six Stars in the Tokyo Dome. Um, it's a bit of a weird one because up until he won the title at the tail end of last year, like it felt like a lot of people in AW were waiting for him to like to be unleashed and like to to sort of go. Like he he wasn't the New Japan Kenny. He he, he sort of almost purposely took like a bit of a backseat at the start of the company. Like he didn't want to push himself straight to the main event. And then when he did, he took the title off Moxley and he basically, he held the title for the best part of 2021. Um, I was so tempted. I was so close between him and Daniel Bryan or Bryan Dennison um, for my pick. I think what put me over the edge was when it came out, just how fucked Kenny was by the end of his title ring. So to yeah. put it in perspective, he had shoulder injury, he had a hernia, he had vertigo, he had a spine, like a neck injury. He's having more, he's out for like probably close on six to twelve months from these injuries. He's worked with them for three years. He's had an entire world title run. He's wrestled John Moxley in a death match. He's wrestled in a triple threat match with Pac and Orange Cassidy, which was not a slow match. He's wrestled uh, Christian Brian Cage, Danielson Brian to, Danielson a, time to, limit to a 30 minute draw against Brian Danielson. Yeah. He wrestled Christian Cage in a match that had no, no right to be as good as it was. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Then the triple Alan threat. An- Alan Angels. Yeah. You know, he's put on, he's just been, he's almost been so consistent that he's almost a little bit gone under the radar. I he's, feel he's like. been the best bout machine. Yeah, <laughs> and he's done it whilst literally physically falling apart. Mm-hmm. And he's just—I'm not saying—I'm not saying that you should have to in the world of pro wrestling. You know, if, if you're injured, you're injured, and you don't have to. But he has just nutted up and just gotten through it. Yeah, for mm-hmm. for, for for whatever reason he chose to do it. Um, if this is him. Not at a hundred percent. Think how I mean, good he's going to be once he's. Back. I don't even know. Is he 70, 80, 60 percent? Like <sighs> what? What level is he at physically? Like the ring is literally spinning around him while he's trying to fucking do all these matches. By the way, he has to practice yeah. in a spinning ring that they I was built. Say he has to train in a ring on a turntable, didn't he? That's yeah. it's, That's mad to think of. I've, I've said it before on other episodes of the podcast from someone that suffers quite frequently with vertigo. Just being sat in front of monitors like we are now is a really fucking trying experience, making like feeling physically sick and nauseous to throw yourself around in a ring for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes with that going on is absurd. Let alone the stack of physical injuries on top of that. It's it's incredible. And he's done all this whilst being the face of the company, whilst doing the meet and greets with the fans. And by all accounts in public, when fans meet him is the nicest person. 
Mm. Like, it doesn't let anything... He, he hasn't let any of this get on top of him publicly anyway, you know. Yeah, he's just been... He's been phenomenal. He's been... He's been the best. He's been he's been the best wrestler. He's Kenny Omega. He is the best wrestler in the world. As Kenny by Omega. <laughs> so on to the results. Uh, in fourth place was MJF. In third place, Brian Danielson. In second place, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, and in first place, the best bout machine, the cleaner Kenny Omega. Kenny Jay. Omega. <laughs> Jay, tail of the tape. Give us them right. stats. So, um, there was weirdly there wasn't many votes on Facebook for this one, so it's a bit deceptive the way it's turned out. So I'll explain it. So, last place MJF he had seven percent of the votes on uh, Twitter. He got thirty three on Facebook. However, wow. only six people voted on it. So it was only like two votes. So it oh. didn't really didn't really count. Um, okay. This was the least voted on Facebook for some reason. Um, what the category? It, yeah, Damn. maybe just because it was, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how the numbers were. Um, Roman, they don't lie though, it's the main thing. No, uh, Brian Danielson got 20% of the vote on Twitter and uh, zero on uh, Facebook. Wow. Um, Roman got 29 on Twitter and 17 on um, Facebook, and Omega got 44 on Twitter and 50 on Facebook. Crikey. So yeah, wow. it was a bit it was a bit of a weird one because I had to like go like probably go into the votes on this one because there's like so many. Um so doing the maths that way as well, I figured that one out. Um but yeah. That's how I, more or less unanimously for Kenny. Yeah, yeah. But obviously it was quite close in the in the uh, underneath it. Are we are we shocked by any of the rankings, positions, who came first in, in any of the categories, or are we all fair? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think it follows. I mean, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to. You know, want to be gracious in victory on a personal <laughs> level. No, 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 no. Doing that a big, but like AEW have pissed these awards for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because obviously, you know. WWE are kind of in shambles at the moment and AW are doing quite well. Um, so it doesn't surprise me to see. I thought I didn't think I'd get Eddie Kingston for most for breakout star. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a bit of an, I thought that was a bit of an obscure pick for me, but uh, I, people, people fucking off. love it. People fucking love Eddie Kingston. What when, can I say? When, when Aaron picked Dan House and I thought he was a lock. The fact yeah, that Dan, yeah, that's that mad. Maybe we had maybe we had a category next year for like internet champion or like social media champion yeah. because if we had that Dan Housen would have won it I think yeah, yeah. I mean, you could put like yeah. Nyla Rose on there as well Nyla she's Rose. great on Twitter um, yeah Dan Housen obviously um, even like Mikey Ruckus you could put on there for like because he has a good he's, he's got a good Twitter game mm-hmm. <laughs> Austin, Austin, Gun, Austin, Austin Gunn's been good on Twitter which don't go back too far it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> in, in in the last two months, where he, um, where the Billy Ass and the Ass Boys have been doing stuff with Dan Housen, yeah, they've been quite good. Yeah, um, yeah. That was it. One, one thing I'd like to see next year, maybe oh, some sort of a sort of commentary award. Okay. No, well, like commentary on a particular match or just a standout commentator. I think, throughout I think you could year. do either or because, like, yeah. we, we talked about this like a lot. Um, the work that Taz and Excalibur did on the Hangman Danielson match this year was yeah. phenomenal. 
Mm. It deserves recognition. Like, really does. Pat, Pat McAfee I'll, as well. He's been yeah. really good. Yeah. I'll, on, I'll only include that category next year if Mauro Ronaldo returns back to wrestling <laughs> commentary yeah. full-time. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's finish it off with FMW is better than New Japan. It's been confirmed <laughs> oh, on this podcast. What have you got to know <laughs> the tone? <laughs> Fourteen pound worth of Russian bots can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese oh. bots, I love you, Noel. Come on now. <laughs> and on that bombshell. On that bombshell. Thank Literally. you. <laughs> Thank Jay, you. Don't miss out. There's, there's so much smoke from that bombshell, you won't be able to hear or see us end the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, thank you so much for giving us your votes, your your opinions, your feedback on social media around these end of year awards. We love doing these and um, more of these to come over the coming years, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, we've been the Untitled Wrestling Podcast uh, and we wish you a happy new year and we will catch you in 2022. All the best. Bye. 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 Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen.